0: The Incomparable, number 384, December 2017.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell, and uh, here we are. It's time once again for our conversation about a Star Wars movie, a brand new Star Wars movie. This is The Last Jedi that we're going to be talking about probably more than once Uh, on this podcast but we're gonna kick things off i've got a panel of five wonderful people who are going to talk about the last jedi and i'm just gonna say it right up front if you do not want to be spoiled about what happens in the last jedi do not listen to any of these podcasts what is wrong with you of course we're gonna talk about what happens in the movie what else would we talk about sorry i apologize for that just go watch the movie and come back anyway here's a spoiler horn
2: don't plug your ears don't plug your ears
1: <laughs> it, it turns out that the sound of the spoiler horn is the sound of john syracuse um plugging his ears and making a noise while uh the trailers are spooling out in the movie theater i didn't know that john syracuse is here of course with us hi john two for two no spoilers um we'll get to i want to check in on everybody to see how spoiled they were but i uh i i was just kind of like easygoing about the spoiler blackout and it worked it was great um dan morin is here hi dan uh, i'm holding for general snell can,
3: can you hear me
0: <laughs> no hello can
3: you hear me can you hear me how about now i don't think it's on i don't think it's on hi dan hi jason
1: normally our our uh, additional uh participant would be Serenity caldwell she couldn't make it for various reasons hopefully she'll be in a later podcast this week with another panel uh but guess what i have Three people to replace her. That's right. That's how many people it took to replace her. Tony Cindelar is one of those people. Hi, Tony. Hello, porks. <laughs> Kelly Gamont is here as well. Hi, Kelly.
4: <laughs>
5: Hi. I'm really glad to be here. This is gonna be a lot of fun.
1: And Aline Sims. Hi.
5: Hi, I'm happy to doing talking with all of you tonight. Mm. <laughs>
1: doing, doing talking, it's good. Doing talking, <laughs> doing
5: talking. Oh, oh, that's that's not how you say. It. Oh, you-
1: <laughs> how did everybody do with the spoilers? Did you avoid spoilers? Did you did you not avoid spoilers? We should start there. I did. I I, I seem to succeed. John succeeded. Did you watch the trailers at all, Jason? I watched the trailer. I watched the full trailer one time. Okay. And did not how, how pause that avoiding it. Spoilers? No, no. But here's the thing, John. <laughs> I watched it one time, did not nice. pause it, did not analyze it, and mm-hmm. and then I filed it in my uh, little uh, memory trash can, and uh, it just kind of went out the. It didn't. It, one time, blowing past my eyes like that, just no. I, I don't even remember what's in it, frankly. It's a sliding...
3: There's a sliding scale, right? I mean, you know, people have different tolerances for these things. If you knew there was a movie, you're already a little spoiled. <laughs> yeah. If I don't wake up from being <laughs> sedated in the movie theater and say, yeah. what year is it, groggily? The existence of the movie
6: is the biggest spoiler of them all. Knowing the title, knowing who's in it, real. I mean, yeah. Being sure that it's a Star Wars movie and then I haven't woken up in just, you know, another another movie theater. All of these are, are forms of spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> Let me rephrase this. Is anybody going in having a
1: good idea of like having figured out or read about what happened in it? Or did you manage to stay out of the the media?
4: Not even hailstorm? a little. I no. had no clue. Um, I Like you, Jason, I watched the trailer. And then I tried to sort of make sure I wasn't seeing TV ads and things like that so that I wasn't um, super informed. And uh, we may want to talk about this later, but uh, Star T- I went on Star Tours And they had added new video, but the new video actually didn't spoil anything either because I was trying to figure out how it lined up with the movie and I didn't, I couldn't tell that either. So that was pretty great. Um, so I went in pretty much cold, uh, not knowing much about the plot or anything.
5: Yeah, I didn't watch the trailer. My husband did, and he did it in another room where I wouldn't even be able to see like the flashes of light on his face as he watched <laughs> it on his phone. Like I um I didn't watch anything. Anytime I would see I don't lean heavily on like mute filters on social media or whatever, but I'd see like Star Wars and I'd be like, Nope, scrolling past you. Um and so I knew very little beyond, you know, I knew Carrie Fisher was gonna be in it. I knew, you know, this was gonna be mark hamill was going to be in it i knew that um we probably wouldn't see any han solo you know if we'd get our new new cast of characters but as far as like the new new people to this movie i i didn't even know who the actors were i just nothing
1: I, i'm like imagining a
2: force ghost of han solo hey luke i'm glowing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, what was the line for the movie nobody ever really uh leaves yeah
0: yeah Uh, I
2: think the operative question for spoilers is not like you know did you avoid spoilers or not. The the question is, um, when you did anyone regret seeing something that they saw before the movie? Because that's all it goes down to that's you know who cares what the spectrum is like. Do you do you you know either before or after do you regret something? Do you watch movies like oh I wish I didn't already know that. I wish I didn't already know that joke that line that scene that whatever. Because if you don't regret anything, then you're doing it just fine. Then you weren't even spoiled. Less so than with the Force Awakens, which I feel like. There was more
3: stuff in the trailers for that that seemed to me to give me a better idea of what was happening. Whereas this one, even having seen both the teaser trailer and the full trailer, and then because I just was dumb, a couple commercials that happened to be while I was watching TV, I did not feel like there was anything that, that spoiled enough of the plot for me that I was like, or, or jokes even that I really was like upset about it. Um and and previous movies, I feel like that's been different, though you never know these days, right? The stuff that we saw in the trailers for Rogue
2: One, a lot of that
3: wasn't in the movie, so, you know yeah. <laughs> hard that's to say. That's
2: you know the worse. misleading trailer versus the spoiler one I thought that, you know, I watched the trailer after seeing the movie and I thought
6: it was super spoiler uh, I I was a little confused for several weeks on the internet uh, when there were a lot of Porg-based memes and I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what this is <laughs> yeah. and I yeah. don't want to know, but, you know by seeing Porg-based memes, I knew that Porgs were a thing, and, you know it turns out, pretty much you everything you need to know about Porgs, you get by just looking at a, a still image memes. of a Borg. Yeah. Yeah. That's the so, only thing
2: yeah. that penetrated my penetrated my shields for this thing, mm-hmm. was, was Porgs. Um, yeah. Like yeah. It's, well, at first, Jason did it. Jason spoiled it first by telling me there was a cute alien. Yeah. Mm. In, in Slack.
6: <laughs> well, yeah. you, because you weren't sure maybe that's a real animal that lives on Earth that you no, just haven't encountered yet. I don't think I'd seen a picture of it. Anyway, the, the pictures were everywhere. Let me let me spoil this further, John? Th- those porks, they're fictional so also
2: oh, <laughs> oh, like, like oh, there was spoiler. it was some discussion about acute alien and, and let me tell you the, the one thing that made it through like I don't think the word pork was the word pork used in the movie at all <laughs> no, think, no so the only so. reason I would know that word is from the internet and Damn you, internet. knowing that thing existed and only seeing the meme images actually made me a little bit afraid about yes. that aspect of uh, the yes, movie. me too. Because mm-hmm. if that's all you yeah. know, like literally all you know, like I didn't even know the cast other than the people who were in the previous movie. But mm-hmm. all I knew is the 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 pork image. And I was like, uh, that could be bad. But it turns out it was fine. The porks are fine.
6: Yes. Also, you know, this this movie takes place a long time ago. All those porks are dead now, John. So you're safe. <laughs> oh. yeah. so, uh, ironically, that eaten. wasn't even the cute alien. <laughs> you don't know how long porks live.
2: Well, uh, the other part I, of it know, was John.
4: not knowing like what like not knowing what role they played. Like are they Ewoks? You know, am I going to get 14 seconds of dead porg in the middle?
2: Is is it Jar Jar Banks? Is is it a sidekick that's with them the whole time? Yeah, right. I mean, I right. saw an
6: image. I saw the image of Chewie and a porg in the cockpit, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> nope. please don't let that porg <laughs> yeah. be driving the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <Yeah. bucket>. That's <laughs> not. <laughs> that's it's, not right. my co-pilot. For. Not a good I mean, idea. Does not have a license. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their tiny little arms can't reach the controls. <laughs> Well, do they even really have arms? It's yeah. I mean, Wings, they're whatever. Not, <laughs> they're very winging.
1: Yes. Yeah.
3: Sorry. <laughs> so if you're just turning in, this is our pork, pork cast. watch.
1: <laughs> uh, pork, pork watch. Or not. We'll have pork chop recipes at the end. Oh no. Oh. No. 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 Mm. The uh, yeah. I mean, I I didn't know. Uh, I was afraid that the Porgs might be like Ewoks, but it turns out they're just silly creatures, and I liked how they were handled. They were funny, and, and uh, they're cute and funny and ridiculous, and it was good, and Chewbacca tries yeah. to... They, they do win. not have Chewbacca any culture that one. will take down the New Order.
5: I think he had a couple on that spit. That, <laughs> well, yeah,
1: well,
3: in, were, in episode nine, yeah. when they start building Porg catapults and stuff yeah. like that, they, really it's a rich
6: development. <laughs> they decide that BB-8 is their god. and yeah, <laughs>
5: so, I'm okay with that. I'll watch that.
6: <laughs> they try to eat chewy. It's really... Yeah. He's too chewy. They can't. Yeah. See,
5: uh, oh.
1: they, no, they say that's it. The entire rebellion is over. There's nothing we can do. We're doomed. And then, and then you hear the from off camera. No, we will save you. And it's an on <gasps> porgs.
2: I like Pikachu, they should never speak. They Episode can only say nine. A Attack Pork?
1: of the porgs. I'm just saying. <laughs> revenge the of the porgs. Stri- the
2: porgs. Revenge of
4: back, the, yeah. the porgs.
2: Because yeah. <laughs> revenge is a porg. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so. I I mean, but beyond that, I had no idea. I mean, that was the beauty of it is I'm sitting Mm -hmm. there, the the, the theater uh, dims, and I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know what happens in this movie. Like, I have no idea what happens in this movie. I know that Ray and Luke are on that island and that, you know, Kylo Ren is in it and that Finn is in it. Um, I could have used my kind of... Um, storytelling logic part of my brain to make some theories about what might have happened or might happen in it, but not based on anything other than just saying, I don't know, it's the second movie and Luke is here. Maybe Luke dies or becomes a force ghost or something. But I would be guessing. I, I really didn't know. The additional thing to that is I think most of the theories I probably
3: would have constructed based on it would have been wrong. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> like because and, and this is a function to a certain degree of this being a middle part of the trilogy, right? Middles are are interesting, right? Because the, the movie has to stand on its own to a certain extent, but it also is not the beginning, not the end. So there's a lot of stuff that happens in the middle and it doesn't need to conform to a particular shape as much as, you know, episode one or episode seven was essentially an origin story. Episode nine presumably involves some sort of climax and end. And episode eight is like, well, we're like not exactly killing time, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens, but it doesn't necessarily have to tick as many boxes. And I think that's one reason, too, you look at the original trilogy, Empire feels like a very different movie from Jedi or New Hope because it's the middle. There's different Business that needs to get done here. And, and I think that was, that's what made it interesting going in is not knowing like with episode seven patterning so closely after episode four, episode eight, I I think they mainly avoided the idea of patterning after Empire Strikes Back and rather they sort of charted a different course. Yeah, there, there are callbacks and references and you could draw some parallels, but it's obviously much less close than it was with episode seven and episode four.
4: Well, one thing I found out from someone that was, um, that I was talking to today after we had both seen it. Uh, was Hey, Alex, uh, was, um, he said, it tells us right in one of the trailers, you hear someone say, this is not going to go the way you think. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I guess, you know, that was a little on the nose, right? (laughs) Um, So the thing I like, I think the I was thinking about this a lot going into this movie. And I think the thing that I enjoy the most about Empire is that the most stuff happens. And I don't mean the biggest stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff. We don't really need any introductions and we don't really have anything to wrap up. So we just sort of jump in and we got good guys and bad guys and buckle up, buttercup, because we're off to the races. So. I feel like that was sort of what I that was like, the only thing that I expected to get from Empire in this movie is that we sort of know who everybody is, we sort of know what their deal is. And so now we're just going to get the continuation of that story. And I think uh, like, but I think, uh, you know, like you guys were saying, like anything that I would have constructed myself as a theory about this movie would have been wrong. And now that I've seen it, I know nothing that I was thinking about, even in vague terms would have been anything that that uh, showed up in the movie.
2: That's the problem with being spoiler free is that I had made a couple of movies in my head and had kind of settled on one. <laughs> yeah, right? I watched one of them. It was yeah, all right. right. It, yeah, in, in a total vacuum. <laughs> and this movie was absolutely nothing like any of my uh, my visions, which is good. Like, that's why you're going in spoiler free. But on the other hand, like, I, it was pretty well constructed at this point. I really I, I had to fight the urge to compare what was on the screen with, with what was in my head. Um, as for it being like Empire, I. I not that i got a little bit of the opposite vibe like that there was a lot of acknowledgement that there might be some expectation this is like empire and it it's kind of like you know so i i actually don't think the force awakens is that much like a new hope like I, obviously you see the parallels but but i feel like it it does what you expect it to do with like a a, a remix of those elements and you know it's it's honoring them without you know some people uh Trashed the force awakens because I think it's too close and like oh it's just a retread. But I'm not in that camp. I like it. I think they they walk that line the right way. The second one is kind of like in tra- time travel movies where you mess something up and then the timeline starts to diverge even more from what you know to be the supposed history, right? Because the first one changed things a little bit, or like the Star Trek franchise, right? They go back and things change, and then you know. So the second movie. It's got a lot of empire stuff in it. I mean, we can, we can go through and list them all, but they're kind of in the wrong place mm-hmm. and it doesn't exactly match up, but a lot of the the a lot of the strong elements are there. The the strongest one being training of mm-hmm. our hero and our hero uh facing up intentionally going off intentionally to face something that in the previous movie was uh, accidentally encountered, right? And I, and that that is kind of the heart of empire in you know in in broad strokes and this movie does that but so much other stuff happens in this movie yeah. all mixed up all in the wrong order all with the wrong characters all scrambled up that now i feel like it is diverging even more yep. from the from the patterns that we know but the elements are still there and when the elements were, even from the crawl the crawl was like oh the rebels are on the run huh and and the empire is closing in on them and they're in a the base and it's like yeah it's a, I, it, like it's winking at you um and for the most part again i i think it walk that line. It had the elements, in broad strokes, we went right to the details where I think it fumbled a little bit, it had the elements that you'd expect from Empire, all mixed up and scrambled, all different, just enough to be familiar, but not so much that, uh, for me anyway, that it took uh, took away from the movie.
5: Um, I, I'm actually thinking about John's kind of, the th- the movie in his head, and I had the movie in my head, and so I'm, I'm just going to, it was more Luke and Ray on the island, with him being less of a butt and her learning more. And I, I'm standing here, I'm standing here listening and realizing how much I dislike Luke. I didn't like him in the original trilogy, and I don't like him now.
2: <laughs>
6: this podcast is over.
5: <laughs> no, because in the in the original trilogy, he is like a whiny baby. Yep.
6: Now he's a whiny baby with tenure.
2: <laughs> Just the first
5: movie, right? he's whiny. And now he's. Now he's a bitter whiny man. And, um, and I don't like him, but I love him. Like, there were moments on the screen where it's like, Star Wars wouldn't be Star Wars without Luke. It wouldn't be, you know, without him whining about wanting to, to go into town or, you know, joining his friends or whatever. Like, it wouldn't be Star Wars. That's, that's really part of it. And I know that that evolution is part of it, but like, I'm thinking about, ray and how she continually gets short shrifted and like i wanted this to be the movie where it's like here you go ray here's some good stuff to happen in your life (laughs) that just didn't occur
1: somebody in the chat room have have thought about it and I, i i thought about this and dan you said that you thought about this too which is i thought at one point are they just doing empire in reverse and that's not quite
3: it
2: no
1: but the last scene does
6: feel yeah, the last, last, the last, last set
2: piece Hoff. feels like half yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a more more of a superficial echo like the the superficial echoes are there too but the the deep the deep deep echoes are are the, the ones that i think are the most significant and the superficial echoes are the i'm not going to say fan service but that's the sort of remix thing where oh, we can do lots of superficial stuff you know I think I think thematically
1: though this is it's interesting that this is a film that is um it is in the middle it is trying trying to do a, a second act but like it you can see it honoring our expectations, b- while it subverts them, and so we get the training, and it's like Luke just chucks the lightsaber over his shoulder, like "Get out of here, I don't care." Which is like we've been waiting all this time for the resolution of that moment, and he's just like "Later," and he's out of there. So there's a lot of subversion of that, and yet in the end, it is a training sequence, uh, and and she does go down in the in the dark hole and confront a personal thing about her parents. That you know th- that part of it is there. What what really interested me though is that there were lots of moments in this movie where I thought I don't know what I'm where it's going and what I'm watching because it's trying mm-hmm. to be more. Um, and like Kelly said, there's a lot of stuff, um, and I think that's good. Like there, there, there's a lot of stuff in here to the point where some of it works less well than others, but. Um, there's so much of it that I can kind of pick and choose what I what I yeah. want to focus on. That's good and bad. <laughs> I
3: would argue that it's over
1: over stuffed in yeah, places. A it's a lot for sure. For, for sure, it's
3: the longest Star Wars movie, I believe. Right? Yeah. Two hours and yeah. And I
1: mean, and it could. It, it's almost like two movies or three, or three movies. Three, yeah. 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 And that's that's
3: part of the trick here. I think is is comparing this now. You know, as we were doing to Empire and also to the original trilogy, uh, we have a much. I feel that there's a much stronger ensemble here there are many more characters to service and there's a much stronger group of them and we're invested in all of them right like in in the original trilogy you're invested in luke and han and leia that's basically it like everybody else is kind of there to service their story but i feel like in this movie where the the, ryan johnson's working really hard to try and give every single like marquee character some beats of their own in the story and it mostly works, but I think it, at times it does feel a little cluttered and a little like, oh my God, like I can't keep track of where <laughs> whose story are we talking about here? Which character are we dealing with here? Uh And I think, I mean, it's a testament. All of those actors do fantastic jobs. I love all of those characters. It's one of the things I came out of this thinking like, Maybe God, I would like just like maybe I need a TV series just to deal with all of these characters. So they each get a chance in the sun rather than being
1: crammed into a two-hour and twenty-minute movie. Um, <laughs> but that's that's a challenge. Cramed. It's no, it felt like to me like a like a binge watch almost more than yeah, a film. Yeah. Where it was, we have familiar characters. This is like the new season. There's a huge amount of story, and this happens in lots of blockbusters these days. Where like, I didn't think the movie was too long. I think it moves really well, but there's yeah. so much in it. And And although there's nothing that I would just lift out entirely, even Canto Bite, which I've heard a lot of people say felt uh, super, just like superficial to the, uh, or superfluous to the movie. Like you just didn't really need it. There are a lot of things I really like in that sequence, but it's just, it's another sequence piled Mm -hmm. on all these sequences. And again, I like the movie a lot and I don't think that it's too long and like boring, but there's so much in it. Like it is overwhelming at times how much... Is contained in this thing. Like it's, it doesn't feel like a movie anymore, it feels like something beyond a movie it's like having a
3: really rich meal where there's just like thing it's like Thanksgiving dinner right like there's just thing after thing you're like god I love all these foods but there's just how much, so much can much I food. eat yeah. I, I
2: don't know well, one aspect of it is when you have that much stuff in there you can't you can't give as much time as you might like to whatever whatever your favorites are like so if you were looking right. for a movie like with lots of Ray in it there are too many other characters in this movie for you to get as much Ray as you want right. or whatever it is that you wanted from it um, and so Jason said he wouldn't lift anything out I, I would lift some stuff out based on uh, maybe i'm remaking the movie in my head but like like not only do, do each of these characters do stuff but like they even all get like their own hero moment like there is a very equitable equitable distribution of drama and arcs among many many characters way too many characters which means that if you are really really into like uh you know uh, Kylo Ren and Ray's battle, or if you're really into Luke and Ray communing. Sorry, you only have time for your moments because every other character gets the moment, which is great that all the characters get their moments. But a, the movie ends up doing, being doing really long, and b, nobody really gets to be the core focus of the film, even in the way that Han was the focus. Uh, you know, in in the first movie, you know, like the Force Awakens has a big send off for him. Like Rey and Han were the, were the two clear ones here, but this was. A very equitable distribution, which I think uh, the movie is lesser for it, because it, if it had chosen one of the 17 conflicts or events <laughs> in this movie to concentrate on, and cut some of the other ones, yeah, we would miss out on some great characters, because I think everybody does get their moment and their due, but it would have... I think you could have had time to make those richer, and the movie that comes to mind a lot is uh, the, the Avengers movies, are all like, or even just Civil War, where you end up with too many Marvel superheroes on the screen, and I have always admired several of those movies ability to juggle 17 characters while giving them each character moments usually with with good writing usually with really good like you're getting at three sentences in this movie but i'm going to make those three sentences count and we're going to workshop those three sentences so they express everything about your character your hopes your dreams pathos regret like everything in those three or four lines and interactions that is really hard to do but even when you do it really well you end up with an avengers movie you don't end up with with a star wars movie which traditionally have focused
6: more heavily on a few characters that we care a lot about I guess I had I had thought it would be a little bit more Ray's movie, and there's a lot of Ray, um, but it is hard when we have all these other plot threads because we have uh, we have Poe and we have Finn and, and and Rose, and we even have a, a decent amount of like what's happening in Kylo Ren's world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess yeah, I guess if, if I'm recutting it in my head, uh, maybe the the Poe stuff gets cut. Unfortunately, I know people people love Poe, and you know Poe's pretty great, but. Uh, that was kind of the stuff that did not work as well for me. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it's hard. People wanted different things, and this is a movie that tries to be a lot of things. Uh, and I think it's pretty successful at many of them, but some of them do, uh, don't land for me and maybe don't land for other people. Um, and it's, it is, you know, I, I, I don't think it dragged. Um, I was kind of expecting that it might end more abruptly, right? Like I was, I was yeah, thinking, I was like, waiting for ending. I was thinking come. it was going to end with like Luke walks out of that door and all the guns point. Oh, out. I was, like, I was dreading that. Yeah. I'm like, no, they can't do that. <laughs> well, because like, I mean, that. the last one was like, she shows up on the island and he doesn't even get to say the first line of dialogue. So I was thinking maybe that would be where it would end. Um, so yeah. Um, so there are things I don't love about it, but I, I mean, I think I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I watched, uh, Force Awakens, uh, right before it as, as you know, as uh, a refresher. And I, right now I'm feeling better about it than I did about the Force Awakens. And I like the Force Awakens. Um,
3: I, yeah. I think the struggle I've had overall, like processing it, and I feel like I'm still processing it and we'll need to see it several more times yeah. before oh, I yeah. really manage to do that. Can't, can't hurt. But like the, <laughs> the struggle I've had with it is there are a lot of individual scenes, yeah. elements, characters, et cetera, that I like. I am somewhat struggling with feeling like, does it all come together as one
6: cohesive whole? The answer is no, it does not. (laughs) The slow motion chase is what like, every time they went back to that, (laughs) I I felt very distracted uh, and, you know, I mean, I'm picky about like space stuff and what are the rules of space and how do things move. And, you know, it, it bothered me again when I rewatched The Force Awakens when they use the weapon yep. and like everybody on all their planets can see. It. And I was yep. like, that's not how space is. Uh, <laughs> and this kind of like, this felt more like this is not how space is, where there's this giant slow motion battle and it's like, why don't, why don't, li- and like, you literally, there's that leave. moment of we I, can't get away. Now you get away. You and get, get away us and help. come yeah. back. Yeah. That was the thing. It's like this slow motion space. That people can leave and go to it's like i think i said to dan earlier today it's like speed if you know keanu reeves left the bus and went to go to a casino for a couple of hours <laughs> yeah. and then came back so right. all, like, so that I, yeah. I was also i'm not as
2: sensitive as you guys are to the space stuff because it's star wars but there was so much of it so much of like that doesn't actually make any sense if you think about it for more than three seconds there was actually for me a beneficial side effect of of that throughout the movie mostly it doesn't bother me mostly i put it aside but like the fourth or fifth time something silly like that happens or you know the premise doesn't really hold together for a thing a it made me appreciate the you know that they didn't do so much of that in the original trilogy but b by the end with with the scene with luke and they're all firing on him uh and and various other things involving that i was I was willing to go with that because I'm like, it, it's no more ridiculous than the other seven things we've just seen for this close few And it made me not, it made me, I was fooled. It made me not think, well, obviously he's not there, right? Because it was, again, no more ridiculous than the other things. Whereas if the movie had been holding together, I probably would have put the pieces together that he's not actually there because they tried, yeah. they tried to telegraph that earlier in the movie. I mm-hmm. think they did a, a clumsy job of it, which is why. Uh, another reason I was fooled that they did a clumsy job of foreshadowing. Okay. Of I, I knew immediately that he was not right? there. So. I missed it as well, like John. Yeah, yeah. and, and it, you know, it was because I, I think it was a clumsy job of foreshadowing. But because, but because I'm like, well, this fits with the rest of the stuff. This fits yeah. with the rest of the ridiculousness.
5: For me, we could have taken out the Finn and Rose stuff and had that be instead of like having the Han Solo movie next year, having like a Finn and Rose go off on an adventure type thing, like. How did they fare when they left? Um, Because I felt like that stuff, it, it didn't quite fit in and granted I've only had a few hours to ruminate on this but it didn't felt it felt a little bit more forced together than the rest of it did and I feel like maybe that could have been you know like the expanse does their novellas between me, uh-huh. major books it could have been kind of like our interstitial like so while all this other stuff was happening this is what Finn and Rose were up to as much as I loved having Rose and you know Rose is like the Aline socially ac- awkward like analog <laughs> in the movie I really appreciated having her because I was like yes you were me that is amazing but um, I just felt like that kind of that whole plot line there's as I'm thinking about it there's so much of that that I feel like could have been taken out just like where do we find someone who can break the encryption, you know, or you know, get through to the ship?
2: Don't set up that thing. You don't even have to solve yeah. it if you don't set it up. And, right. and it's a really yeah. dumb thing yeah. to set
1: up, right? It did remind yes. me of the Battlestar Galactica episode where they, they get mm. followed by the Cylons and, the in yeah. fact, the hyper, coming out of hyperspace effect is very similar to Battlestar Galactica. So I had the moment of like, oh, it's that Battlestar Galactica episode, except now it's a whole movie of Star Wars. And it was just to set up the ticking clock. And the problem is the tension works much worse here.
3: Because people hold. keep leaving and we have long stretches. I know, cut to yeah, the ships right. are still
1: moving slowly.
6: They're yep. still firing. Oh, let's check in on them. How are they the do Still good. <laughs> still good. Poe is angry at somebody. Well, so, very very slowly
1: yeah. toward the end, the the ships run out of of gas and right, are right. and fall back and are.
6: Uh, are destroyed. Which is, that's how spaceships work. When yeah, they yeah that's the right. If you don't thrust, you slow down, because the
1: space pulls you back. Uh, mm-hmm. But at least that <laughs> so was effective sure. Effective in ratcheting up the tension, but it took a long time to have any yeah. tension at all in that. It was really just to keep it spinning so that they could... It, it essentially was like they were they were trapped on a planet, except they didn't want to do trapped on a planet. They wanted it to be on a spaceship.
6: They didn't want to do... Asteroid field either, cause that was right. what it felt like mm. it was missing. Like, right. to me it was, it was just like, they're in the middle of nowhere, that, especially when they're like, there's this one planet over here that we're just happened to be passing by. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, you guys are, you guys are in the middle of nowhere, there's nothing here. And it's like, they needed there to be like, a nebula, or an asteroid field, or something that's like a nebula. What series do you think this is? I know, but <laughs> they, <laughs> need, they, need, they needed something where it's like we're saying just out of reach of the empire, but they're not catching up with us, and not just because we're slightly faster yeah, for some like, reason.
2: I, I, I'm willing to forgive the space stuff, but I don't like the the uh, the sitcom uh, lack of communication tension. Oh, yes, yeah, that bothered me. Guess so, so hey, yeah. like Just tell Poe your stupid plan. I, I get that like, Laura
3: like,
1: Dern and, and, yep. doesn't want to tell Poe his her plan. Like I get, I get that it's like you are being impatient. You don't need to right. know. Just Th- do your job. There's a lesson part of it, but, but at a certain point, just say the plan. Who are yeah. you going to Who's he going to yeah. tell? Yeah. When
6: when, he, when he's mutinying, that's the time to tell him the plan. Jason, this is this is like a do or day situation. This is the perfect opportunity to have a learning moment with mm-hmm. Poe Dameron. Yeah. You know, that's right. <laughs> this is not a time to take to take shortcuts and just tell him mm-hmm. what's going the, on. The frustration of that is learn. just
3: just how much of the f- ensuing plot is made ridiculous by the fact that they have to go off and do this whole bunch of busy work That's not important because in the end it doesn't doesn't work and it's like, and they they don't succeed and they don't
1: get Ray even. (laughs) Right. 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 The Right.
3: (laughs) The theme of like people talking about failure, which I think is fine. Like I think that there is some interesting discussion of how you learn from that as it, as it goes, but failure when you're basically set up to like have a useless like task that doesn't matter even if you fail or succeed, like failure doesn't matter if the stakes aren't there. Yeah. Right.
1: This episode of The Incomparable is brought to you by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. Casper now has three different mattress models. There's the original Casper, the Wave, and the Essential. So Casper mattresses are perfectly designed to soothe and cradle your natural geometry Three different kinds. Not to mention the breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. It's changed how we use blankets. We used to have a huge down comforter that we would put on in the winter with our old mattress. We don't need it. The Casper keeps us warm in the winter, cool in the summer, It's way better than our old mattress, and it's delivered right to your door in a small box that will make you say, how did they fit a whole mattress inside? You open it up, whoosh, and you've got a fantastic Casper mattress. Free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada, and the best part is you can be sure of your purchase. You're buying a mattress on the internet. What if you don't like it? Well, don't worry. Casper's got a 100-night risk-free sleep on it trial. You spend a third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable. Start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com Snell and using the code Snell at checkout. That's casper.com Snell. Offer code Snell for $50 off your mattress purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks, Casper. So, um, I want to back up and I want to, I want to t- sort of like guide us through some of these different blocks of the, of the story of the movie. So, because there, they, this is a very modular kind of set of stories, even though there's intercutting, you really have a few big, not quite. Set, I mean, they're set pieces too, but like areas where big parts of the story takes place. So I, what I want to do is start with, um, with the Island, which is, we begin with Poe or sorry, with Ray and Luke and Luke, uh, and there are, yes, there are porgs. There are also those other <laughs> character Caretakers. Caretakers? They did
5: not work for me. Those caretakers oh, I did like
3: them. not I work for me. I love the I caretakers. I love the caretakers. Luke has a pretty, Puppets. pretty
6: sweet retired life here where he's just like probably getting sandwiches made for him by those frogs every day, drinking fresh <laughs> blue milk right from the source. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. Retirement is, you know, it's. It why is he so grumpy? Like he's not working hard. Well,
1: it's, it's not, there's no heating. It's very cold and damp in that. Yeah. In that but place. he's from Tatooine. This is great. Yeah. Um, I, I had that moment where know? I really wanted him to say at, at one point like boy i'm a long way when when when, um when ray says i'm from nowhere where where are you where are you from i'm from jakku oh that is nowhere right Mm -hmm. like i wanted Mm -hmm. him to say i'm from nowhere yeah yeah (laughs) i'm from a place a lot like jakku not like here at all it's very hot and dry there (laughs) but Mm -hmm. none of that we know we know Mm -hmm. um (laughs) it gets everywhere the sand does um and, and but i liked i like that uh, i mean the movie is called the last jedi this is what uh the heart of the movie is in some ways because it is it is uh ray's journey and luke's journey because ray turns out needs to drag luke back from where he's where he is after what happened with kylo ren and uh but also luke is imparting what wisdom he has on ray and so they're both kind of like helping each other i i think this is this is the um thematic heart of the movie is this part as well as the thing that is most recognizable as referencing um the empire strikes back right down to the fact that in the end we get the surprise appearance of yoda which i did not anticipate yeah, at I, all i did not either i was delighted muppet
4: yoda. Made me so happy. Muppet let's yoda. take a minute yeah. muppet yoda
1: yeah he looked really good in fact my favorite my single favorite shot in this entire movie, is when Yoda and Luke are sitting on the rock yes. with the, w- yes. watching the yeah. fire. I was almost brought moved to tears by just the visual of that because that is these characters we've known for so long, and we know that connection to their relationship back in the original trilogy. And y- Yoda still has things to teach Luke about how Luke should teach the person that he's supposed to teach, and it's a beautiful thing.
6: You think you think Yoda could have showed up like like a little bit before Ray got there, and maybe you like, got to pick <laughs> your spots if you're a ghost that's not yoda's style come on yeah yoda yoda shows up like a day late in the dollar short every time i expected him to make him lift his x-wing out of the water just for old time's sake okay yeah. of all
4: the skills yoda has timing has never been one of them. yeah
6: well when 900 years you reached showing up well, on time you know i, I think the yeah. luke ray
3: stuff is some of the stuff that worked best in there and i know alia yeah. mentioned before how frustrated she was with luke as a character but uh, you know i have always i really like the embittered luke like i it makes sense there's a visceral satisfica- like satisfaction for me from the moment that he throws the lightsaber over his shoulder to just how much he is beating him up. And no, it's not like a super admirable thing for him to be doing, but it, it kind of tracks with his experience. And yeah, I love yeah. that his, I love that his, his rant at the, at the beginning about the Jedi and about how the Jedi just screwed everything up was like it's spot on right like he's not wrong the jedi were jerks as we discussed you know in in the portrayal of them in the prequels like they're jerks and they let a lot of stuff go on their watch uh there's no reason that people should be worship worshiping them as heroes like they are imperfect and i thought that heart of it that storyline and thread throughout the whole thing worked really well for me in a way that some of the ancillary stuff did not as much
5: and to be clear i I completely understand why Luke is a whiny teenager in the original trilogy, <laughs> and why he has that. You know, it's a coming of age story, really, for him. You know, and I understand why someday he's he'll the, come of age, right? Someday, and I understand why he's the the bitter, you know, old dude now. Yeah, like, I totally get it. It makes sense within you know the context of the universe and the character's experience and whatever. But it's like, would I want to go? You know, get a drink with this dude? No, don't <laughs> like him. You know, that's that's what I'm talking about. Not like you don't want some.
6: The, the, you don't want some blue milk. No, Ooh. Aline. He doesn't want to get a drink with you or anybody. So it's yeah. Beautiful. That's true. That's that's really yeah, true. There's a reason he lives on that <laughs> island. So. but
5: but like does that does that distinction make sense? Like the character mm-hmm. makes yes, sense. Yes, yeah, yeah. I I love him as a character, but I would hate him as a person. Like yes. he's not someone Perfect. I'd want to associate with.
2: I wonder how much of uh, Mark Hamill they put. In this, Because we all, we all know Mark Hamill and later in his career, his post-Luke career of uh, playing, doing voice acting and being the Joker and stuff like that. And I think if you've seen lots of Star Wars conventions, you get it, you know, all that over the many years, you get a feel for Mark Hamill, the person. And Luke, the character in the original trilogy, is very different from what we see in this movie. And that was, you know, an even longer yeah, time ago. Um, yeah, so he's, he's really old, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely felt like there was there is a middle part of Luke's story. That is not on the screen oh, yes. anywhere yeah. because oh, we. Oh yeah, hit, yeah. It, it, You have the original trilogy, and I can kind of like he. They got into it a little bit. He's trying to give his backstory to explain like how did I become this jerk? Right. That right. Really There's the flashback. Have, have right. drinks with right. Of saying like I I was a legend like and that can that can be a burden and it's a problem and eventually you may start to believe your own hype right. But you've got to take the Luke from the end of Jedi the Luke who's you know for all his for all his faults of whininess is very earnest and a do-gooder and like a a golly gee hero in the sort of captain america superman i'm gonna do the right thing kind of way right even when he was whiny he wanted to go and join the rebellion because they're the good guys and he wanted to fight for good and he had a little bit of dreams of glory but i feel like empire and jedi really hardened him into a good a do-gooder and a good guy and so somewhere after jedi he starts to believe his own hype he's the big legend he's training everybody and then he has to get to the point where he briefly considers killing his student when he senses a huge amount of darkness in him the luke from jedi if he sensed darkness would totally be like i'm gonna save you because i'm luke and i save people who have darkness in them right especially you know what i mean especially when they're related to me in some way and this luke is not like that so it it was difficult for me to track I, i you know i like this luke i like the cranky luke and it fit he's on an island he's got a beard his hair is crazy he's cranky like it works in this movie but i had a difficult time uh, uh, in ways that i didn't with with han and leia mm-hmm. connecting this luke back to the other ones because I, han and leia were always han kind never of like, changed right, right. Well, han, that's a little Han's bit fundamental like this problem there's there's <laughs> darkness there's darkness in han and Leia. It's darkness in their relationship that they're you know you could see both of them are kind of prone to to dark moods and you know a little and and leia was always like a firecracker right and so i could see them aging into this like is it a true mm-hmm. line here whereas there is a missing piece of luke's story that uh that i had to kind of start
6: to fill in my own
5: i have headcanon
6: yeah, I mean I, I feel like I one of the things I thought a lot about after uh seeing the The Force Awakens was it's you know, the kind of the tragedy that, you know, in the original trilogy it's like, yeah, we spent our twenties like defeating the Empire and then we won. And then we see like, oh, actually the last thirty years have been not so great. Um, you know. Leia is still like you know, she's not the ruling the galaxy as a princess. She lives in a bunker, right? And things aren't great with Han and you know, their their child grew up to be a villain. So like I, I feel like there is kind of there's even a little bit, it's more explicit in this movie. Like, the fact that the galaxy has been at war now for generations yeah. is just tearing at everybody, right? It's hard to believe, like, that he already he blew up two Death Stars and things are still real bad, right? It's 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 hard to be hopeful about saving the saving the uh, galaxy when you've put your life work into it and it's still not done. And you're seeing like new generations come and die trying to do it, and there's just there's another version of the Empire every time you look over your shoulder.
5: My head canon expands on that too, and it's uh, kind of the history repeating itself. Now we don't know how much Luke knows about you know Anakin and what happened in the the prequels that shall not be named. But uh, I'm also wondering if there's some of that like, oh, so... This was like my father had, you know, this this darkness in him and it's like skipped a generation. And now it's a hereditary thing. It skipped a generation. And now here is my nephew, you know, the the grandson of this man. And he has darkness, too. And uh, just kind of like that fear and the hardening from all of his experiences uh, maybe kind of led him to to this decision but I really had I have to stretch for that because I do agree that it it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense like the Luke that we knew it feels like there'd be you know not necessarily a conversation like so tell me about the darkness within you but like something (laughs) to kind of help him along you know instead of like this visceral you know as he says in the movie it was just a moment but it was the wrong moment but yeah it doesn't really fit with with the the Luke we knew where we we left off
4: well it makes sense to me because i because when when and here's the thing it didn't make sense to me until we heard both versions of this story Mm -hmm. right so uh you know once once we actually heard a little bit more and a little bit more and and finally got a little bit clearer picture of what actually went down in that moment the part to me that made sense was that uh and th- this could be partly like headcanon and eu like i read dark empire and stuff like that so i wonder how much of it was luke having a moment of doubt or feeling like yeah. he wasn't like why isn't my instruction good enough for kylo ren and then wh- for ben at that point and then like one of two things happened either he started just having really like hard doubts about himself and spiraled or he was more uh like, maybe freaked out about um what Yoda, you know, the thing that Yoda said to him about uh learning more, like, they will learn, they will take what we have and learn more, you know, and that's, and then they will be masters. It was a very, you know, that whole circle of life conversation in front of the tree. Um Like, that piece, like, you know, what do I do when I finally have someone that's more powerful than I am? And like, what does that mean for me? Like, you know, I was it. And whether he bought into his own hype or not, and what degree that was, almost doesn't matter. Because to me, it sort of felt like he got to that moment where he wasn't 100%, whatever it was, he wasn't 100% good guy, 100% teacher, 100%, you know, savior for this kid who had darkness in him. And, you know, like, he wasn't he didn't measure up when it really came down to it. I've got this kid who's fi- who I hope is fighting the darkness in him and... There's, and, and I'm not doing enough to make that sort of go away automatically on its own. And he never really got to that point, and he doesn't have anyone to turn to with this stuff, really. You know, like but not
6: everyone's cut out to be a teacher, it turns out. Well,
4: so. yeah, and you know, or has Yoda on speed dial. Yeah, you know. So, like, there's there's a certain amount of that I think that um, he brought on himself, which then caused him to beat himself up more, which caused him to. You know, continue down this spiral and, and the next thing you know, we're on an island. And. (laughs) as so often happens
0: you know like we've all
4: been there Uh, so I think like for me it made complete sense like that to me and you know I don't know how much of that is just me filling in previous dabblings we know Luke has had with the dark side and stuff and you know for him to know how allergic he is to it because he knows how appealing it is Uh, I see I think it's Mm
1: -hmm. even bigger than that and I think this is one of the fundamental things about Luke's character here and one of the most interesting things this movie posits which is Luke is having a crisis of faith and it is not a crisis of faith about whether he's good enough to be a teacher he's having a crisis of faith about the jedi religion he thinks it's all Wrong. He may in fact the only to get Aline's point about the prequels, the there's a direct prequel reference in here, which is mm-hmm. him saying the Jedi, when the Jedi were at the height of their powers, they screwed it all up and Darth Sidious yep. took yeah. over. He also says mm-hmm. at one point, uh he, he calls into question the entire concept of there being a light side and a dark side that are separate versus it being more integrated. He gets what the force is, but he is really questioning like the Jedi or Orthodoxy about how it gets parceled out and how you yeah. need to either be light or dark. And I think that's really interesting because it's basically yeah. Luke Skywalker, the last Jedi, saying, we need to end the Jedi
6: because they got it wrong. That's not how yeah. the Force works. The Force belongs to everybody. Yeah. It's these Jedi who are taking it away from you. Right? Seize the means of production. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <So>. <laughs> well, and I really wanted there to be more of that conversation. Mm. So, like, the yeah. moment yeah. I had, the, the, the real misdirection for me was um i thought yoda setting the tree on fire was pretend that yoda was just doing like i thought
2: yoda don't play
4: <laughs> oh i know yoda don't, play. yoda don't play no no i but i felt like like in my like in my head i sort of had this moment of like oh well he's only pretending to set the tree on fire so that luke can tell he didn't really want to do it and then maybe the you know and then like later i was thinking about why that would matter and i think it's because um i felt like then they could have sat and had a conversation about like living to the letter of these of these sacred texts instead of the spirit of these sacred texts is where it all went wrong or like something you know a little bit more interesting because like when you think about the movie as a whole later there's a whole lot of stuff where you just sort of expect you know, Ryan Johnson or whoever to like pop in from the side of the screen and go, did you get that? (laughs) Can I make it a little more clear for you? Like that's how it felt
1: from the afterlife. Essentially Yoda has come to bring fire down on the most sacred, spot of the jedi religion like mm-hmm. that's interesting right? that's like that's, it's some, <laughs> right. that's how you
2: that's how you drop knowledge yeah. right fire from <laughs> yeah. heaven well, but that does fit with yoda's character because yoda has always been a little spunky he's always been like this An totally fits class. with his character if anyone's gonna blow up the old jedi stuff and say this stuff doesn't matter he's always been all about you know what you think matters whatever it is that you when you know with luke training on dagobah all the things that are in luke's head about what it means to be a jedi knight and a warrior yoda's there to tell him all that is wrong you don't actually understand it so and he would totally come down and say, "You know, Do you think it's about these books and this tree? No, it's not about the books and the tree at all. Let me show you how little these books in this tree mean." So I feel like Yoda is still the keeper of the flame, so to speak. Of, <laughs> yeah,
3: literally. You got to figure he knows the, the the books aren't in the tree at that point. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. that too.
2: Yeah, but but, <laughs> you know, but but if he could, if if they were, it wouldn't matter. Like his whole his whole shtick is, uh let me tell you what really matters. He's still he's still teaching Luke, right? Yeah, it's and this is one of the things that I do want to, you know, see this movie. I am seeing this movie again uh, very
1: shortly. Um, One of the things that I I, I, again, I'm not sure if all of it holds together. I think probably a lot of it uh, like pieces of it are are ramshackle and and, and there are things I want to criticize about it. But thematically, this is an incredibly thoughtful, rich Um, adult, Mm -hmm. serious. It's not a serious movie. There are there are jokes and there's action, but there is serious thought that has gone into the like the philosophy and understanding of like not just what the characters are doing, but what the fundamentals of this universe are that we've been taught. Like, oh, the Jedi are good, and there's light and bad, bad dark side people, and all that. And this movie's like, or maybe not. And it's like, wow, that that's that's pretty great. And, and, And there's a lot to think about in a silly space wizard movie to have that level of of uh of thematic kind of richness is I'd say um, maybe more than we deserve. And I really appreciate that about the movie. I think that maybe that's the most successful thing about the movie in the end is that it is how thought provoking some of these, these themes are both personally and in terms of the universe. Um, But I want to talk about, uh kylo ren and this this dovetails with the island right because we have a, a series of scenes with uh with kylo ren and ray where they are communicating telepathically uh, mm-hmm. they're force timing mm-hmm. each other It mm-hmm. is yes, yes it's, ah! uh, it's making a force time call um uh, i thought they were using uh, <laughs> hey, i didn't make up the plot i thought device. they were they using <laughs> their snoke app uh, but mm. either, either way mm. turns uh, out, uh, mm. so, uh, I, I want to talk about those scenes and then also talk about what else Kylo Ren does in this movie, because I'll just lead it off by saying Adam Driver, I thought he killed it. I thought he was way better in this movie than in, than yeah. in the force awakens. I, I think he steals a bunch of scenes in this movie. I think he's really good. And the scenes with him and, 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 uh, Daisy Ridley, those are electric. Like those are really great, great scenes. And then he goes off on his on his uh, on his arc. But I just think really interesting that that Kylo Ren, who could have been just like a baddie, and it's like nope, uh, the movie refuses to
6: just say oh he's just a baddie. Don't worry about him. His thing at the end with with him and Ray, and he's like let's let's like let's team up and just tear all of this down. Uh I thought that was just great because that's it's my like, favorite scene I in the do movie. Not, uh, I do not yeah. understand what you want as a villain because you don't understand what you yeah. want and you're just you're just flailing and reacting, and it's you don't have a plan. I understand what he wants, and they give it to him like that's why I thought part
2: of Snoke's plan that backfired him is that what what they both want is connection to somebody else he, because uh, ren, uh Kylo ren has nobody right he wants mm-hmm. he desperately wants a connection with somebody right He killed his own father and you know his mother as far as he knew is is dead he's always looking for a connection to somebody and ray of course wants her parents but also wants a connection with somebody and so putting them in contact like you know they're going to be like that's that's what they want and it's almost as like he doesn't even care about the galaxy yeah yes yeah we'll tear down the order <laughs> galaxy blah blah, blah but will you just be my friend my friend <laughs> yeah. slash sister slash whatever you are right that that's what he wants he
6: just wants a friend I that's promise what, I won't a, kill you. <laughs> I mean, I think there's the moment where it's like he doesn't let General Hux be in charge, and it's like, why? Why do you even care about being in charge? Like, like 15 minutes ago, you were ready to just kill all of these people, but now you want to be in charge because you're fickle. Well, he just doesn't want Hux to be in charge. He's got an enemy. <laughs> yeah, 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 Hux I, I guess, is the yeah. yeah. annoying coworker that, he yeah, still fills yeah. yeah. that role in this movie. You know what? If if they had just been friends, a lot of people wouldn't have had to die. <laughs> that's right. He so, just like,
2: needs a friend. He needs yeah. like he needs. Uh, you know, that's
6: the, the glib way this to. Do. Yeah, but the, the danger. This is the whole thing. It's just a commentary on only children and how they grow up to be. Dutch hey, now. Whoa, 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 hey whoa, 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 Well,
0: I
2: mean that's that's why. I mean, you know, uh, with Ben, when he's Ben, like why he's so hurt by the like the fact that his his master was over him and is you know considering killing him with a lightsaber um, or whatever, whatever. You th- like that's that's his his inciting incident is uh rejection like he probably is he's a moody teenager feels isolated from everybody his parents don't understand him he's going to be a jedi now and his teacher's thinking of killing him because he's a bad kid right he's he is totally isolated he and that's why snoke is able to manipulate him because snoke gives him some kind of you know abusive connection to somebody mm-hmm. and everyone else is mm-hmm. his enemy and beneath him and just like so that's what he wants that's that's where they got the hand touching scene right um and jason asked for uh, adam driver in this I I think he was fine in this, very good. Uh, but my favorite uh, Adam Driver scene is the one in Force Awakens where he's going into Ray's mind and describing what he sees. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like that performance. I like the two of them together uh, in that scene. Uh, I think that's probably my favorite uh, Adam Driver out of both of the movies. Because in this in this one, he is a little bit the victim of the the shambling uh, mess that is the the rest of the plot of this movie. And I think he's not given enough time to uh with him and Ray and that whole
3: thing. I see so I think they did an interesting job of trying to find a way to make these two characters who have this connection um interact in what otherwise would be very difficult because the plot has them physically separated for so much of it. And so I think there. It still feels, in some ways, like maybe there's another shoe to drop about why they have this connection. Um And I'm not saying suggesting conspiracy theories, but like that just their their roles in the Force, right? And like where this mm-hmm. is coming from. Like they've talked a little bit about like the light and dark. Uh, resurgences, and sort of how they're their uh, opposite numbers to a certain extent. But, you know, if what Luke is saying is true, then is that really a thing, or do they have some other deeper connection with the Force? And so having them do these scenes, and I, I'm, I'm curious to know how they filmed them, because we only ever see them in on, like, separate sets, right? And, like, it was a little confusing for me the first time it happened, because, like, clearly they could sense each other and talking, and then they specifically call out the fact that they can see where the other is. And mm-hmm. so having that is a really interesting way to do it I, I wondered if they were still acting against each other um while they were doing that because i feel like that that changes the dynamic very much and then that one scene of course where you said the hand touching scene where they were you know luke comes in uh and sees them and it's just uh, fascinating to sort of try and figure out like
1: what is what is
2: luke comes in and says here. no she's
1: your sister <laughs> trust me
2: on this one
3: I've been there <laughs>
5: I know how this ends yeah. it, it, through The Force Awakens and this movie my thought of Kylo Ren is he's is just a whiny gamer boy
2: who needs to grow up? Oh, yeah, he's deep. You don't have any sympathy for him. He's deeper than that. He's not. He, his anger is more more pointed inwards. I feel like than even outwards.
5: And, and I think that's true of gamer Gators too. Like I really do.
2: <laughs> I know. I feel much. I feel much more, feel much more symp- sympathetic to him because, like, really, he, he does. He mur- he, sure, he murdered a bunch of people, yeah, but his
6: grandfather is Darth Vader. That's, that's got true. some baggage. Yeah,
5: that's true. that's
4: true. That's true. That's true. I sort of didn't care about him very much in the last one. um I wasn't. I wasn't invested in his story. I didn't really care like what his deal was. It didn't really seem to matter to me. And I think part of that was um, like I don't know if it was just that that Adam Driver is much better settled in this time around. But I didn't get that quite as much. And I felt like I got a lot more conflict from him uh, without him having to stand there and go, "Oh, I'm so conflicted." Like you could just sort of see in his face like a really subtle expression change, and you could really tell that he was like like having some sort of debate within himself so for me that was part of it but like with ray there's like for me okay so like i know you guys won't tell anybody so i can tell you like i cried a bunch in this movie okay um princess leia like i don't know what the deal was but there was so much dust in my theater every time she was on the screen it was all blurry Mm -hmm. um it was bad and then um like uh, You know, I had a, a moment at the end with Luke when I figured out that's what it was. And then I had a moment at the very, very end of the movie when I realized what they were telling us with the big Sharpie underline underneath it. You know, um, this is a mythology and it will continue to go on and it will go on in other forms. And if you aren't into that, like, that's OK, because this story is going to continue. Like, I totally am pretty sure they were hitting us over the head with that at the end. But like... The whole thing with them and the like, it all comes back to family for both of them. And that's a thing that I think about a lot because I'm an adopted kid. And so my definition of family is automatically more flexible than some people's. And I thought it was really interesting to see how each of them dealt with their family situation, whatever that was, because it sort of came back to like, Ben doesn't isn't really sure if he can find a way back to his family and that's the only thing ray wants and so it was sort of like getting the the two different versions of the tale of that night in the temple between luke and ben you know it was a similar sort of thing like sort of seeing the different ways that each of them processed this and handled it and how the way that they carried that with them was a thing that possibly drove them forward
1: yeah um can we pick a moment to you know one of the big questions in uh, the Force Awakens was hey who is Supreme Leader Snoke?
6: Well,
5: yeah, never mind. He's two
6: people. He's a top and a bottom.
2: <laughs>
6: oh, hey, they've, they've already sh- they've already shown that that's like that's a temporary condition. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna come back with, with spider He'll legs. they spider yeah. legs, <laughs> and they'll just, they'll I fully <laughs> expected
2: the top half of him to crawl Terminator style yeah. towards them. At one point. Oh.
6: It'll that'll that'll buff out. <laughs> um,
3: so. Is he just a, yeah. a Snoke? A Snoke Guffin? Is that what he is? I guess. Is just, no, uh... I, see,
2: I like Snoke in this movie. Like, I thought the CG on sure. him was great. Yep. I thought I yeah. thought his his, ca- his the acting of that CG character is like some of the best CG character acting I've seen in a Sir- long Andy time. Andy Serkis
3: is a pro. There's no question about oh, that. Yeah. But not but, an Andy Serkis.
2: The people who did the CG. Well, <laughs> like, well, I the think Andy Serkis. Yeah, but there's motion I mean, capture. Come We so, yeah. oh, have to get into how much Andy Serkis is actually responsible for was on the screen. Anyway, yes, it, his his voice performance was very good too. The the question for me
3: still is like. What why? what's his deal? What yeah. is his
6: deal? <laughs> if he does not come back in some form in the next movie, why why? Like where right? did like, he come wh- from? What, what yeah. how did why he get there he in the first movie?
2: It's it, it like something to give to give uh Kylo uh, it, I mean, because Kylo has Kylo has a uh he is more mature in this movie in that he is he is quiet quietly plotting because he knows how compromised he is, it seems. He knows how much Snoke is in his own head, right? And so Snoke is manipulating them, but Kylo knows that he's being manipulated, and he knows basically the only way he can get out of this safely because Snoke is in his head so much is to execute his plan, where the vision that Snoke thinks he sees is the truth, but not the the whole truth. You know, the whole lightsaber turning thing. It's right? fr- it's true from a certain point of view, right? So that I mean, so that's that that shows a, uh, you know a maturity like. That it's it's like Snoke A exists just to give that arc to to Kylo to show that he is no longer just smashing things against the wall and everything, but that actually he's first of all he's extricating himself. You know, he's defeating his real enemy. He's extricating himself from an abusive relationship because Snoke's not nice to him, right? And it's, right. and yeah. Snoke's not his father, and Snoke kind of made him kill his father. Um, and he's he's given up on the on the Vader dream. Smashes the helmet early on, and he's charting his own path. So even if Snoke just fulfills that purpose. I think it's fine, and the scenes that Snoke had, I I liked him as a character. I think he was he was different than the Emperor, much more stylish. Um, he was <laughs> he uh, he has his own thing going. His particular angle on the Force is much more about like, uh, you know, gaslighting and mentally manipulating yeah. his his students. Uh, he's obviously very powerful, but he you know he has his own undoing as well. I thought they did a good job of making him not the Emperor in this.
3: I just want to know where he came from. Yeah, Let's why steal. is he so yeah. mysterious, though? <laughs>
6: There's a whole planet full of snow because they all look exactly they, like him. They, it feels like they're doing all this stuff to set up questions about him that then... the choosing not to answer those does not feel mysterious it just feels frustrating and like we basically decided we're not going to get two more movies out of him so we so he died
4: i also feel a little bit like it makes kylo kind of badass that he knows Mm -hmm. exactly how far snoke is into his head and he still is able to do that without snoke going hey what's this back here
6: it was it was pretty cool
1: well, he does what what he does to his dad right right where it's like oh no yes i am doing the thing that we are talking about right now oh i killed you by running you through with a lightsaber it's the same move he's now killed real dad and evil uh,
6: face scarred he's only got dad. one move that's his thing yeah. that, and he <laughs> right. tried to kill t- teacher dad so you know mm, it's mm, yeah mm. three for three <laughs> Uh, two and a half.
2: Who oh, tried to kill Luke? You mean that was that was self defense <laughs> from a certain point of view? I like
1: Snoke's role in this movie. I just don't understand. Sort of like I. It feels to me like he was set up
6: to be something in the Force Awakens, and then mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson was like, Nah. Well, like why is he so giant and spooky? And yeah, and why does he have a whole Why does he have holes in his skull? JJ
1: will come back in two years and be like, Hey, you broke all my toys. <laughs> you broke all my toys. But I will say this: this is one of those ways where this is not like The Empire Strikes Back because this is more like an. Echo of Which, Return yeah, of the Jedi. Jedi. Where yes, what if Darth yes, Vader yeah. had I just said, well. I'm going to kill the Emperor and take over and rule, and we'll rule together as father and son, or as Kylo Ren and his little friend, right? That was literally his plan. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is that, except it actually happens. He kills his master, and, and it's,
2: now in, it's like the be in the middle church. of this movie instead of at the end. I know, right? <laughs> <It's at laughs> it's in the middle of the, end, of the second or, movie. Or
1: in the middle. It's in the middle
3: of the trilogy, too, right? Yeah. Like, that's the weird thing. So what's interesting to me about this is that, like, we have these two conflicting um visions of the future kylo ren and ray both have visions of the other one turning right um and i think what's what the question for me coming out of this movie is is kylo ren then set up to himself be the big bad essentially for movie three and to my mind he is he gets his chance uh to redeem himself here and he doesn't take it like tony said he just wants to burn everything down he's not really good or i mean but he's, but, he, but he's
2: still looking for that connection like yes, even at the absolutely. end of this movie, he's looking for the connection with ray ray closes the door on him godfather style right. yeah, like exactly. he's still reaching out to her
3: right and so i think that's what that's to me says that there's like that's the turning point right it's like it's not you know it's about him failing and the door gets him closed, having closed to and become, then when he tries to kill luke that's the door is now locked
6: so
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then they throw away the key. And then yeah, no, here. but see, I I, I think uh, uh, Kylo is still like he's not. I think in the next movie, I hope at least he's not going to be emperor style cartoon villain. Like I'm totally evil. Everyone has betrayed me because he's still he's still hurting. He doesn't have yeah. anything to fight. But for. is he, he going to be redeemed? Like is
3: the this is where my question is? Is like is he going to be redeemed? And my feeling is he threw away his shot as redemption. At this point, he is just the bad guy.
2: Oh, no, he's he's th- he's got many shots of redemption. That he's thrown away. I don't think he. Is is going to I don't know I I don't think he needs to be redeemed I think he I, can just die as the bad yep. guy or even not die as the bad guy I don't I don't think his end is tied up uh, You
6: know there's also kind of a message here of like breaking the the cycle of Skywalkers yes. and how like maybe maybe yeah. him getting killed. And not being redeemed is like better for the galaxy, right? It's it like... could also
1: be that his moment of redemption, like Darth Vader's, is not mm-hmm. a moment of victory, but a moment of capitulation, where he says, "Yes, mm-hmm. I'm gonna my I'm in a moment where I could keep fighting, or I could I could die, and the galaxy will be better
6: for it." And then he chooses. I mean, maybe that. the next movie is uh, like the Force is now threatening the galaxy, and everyone has to team up to take <laughs> oh, care no. of the Force.
1: It's already awake. <laughs> now what will journey, we
6: do? Journey to the center of the no, Force. The, yes. It's the
3: inevitable Marvel crossover where Mar- Thanos breaks through to this universe now. Aliens invade, and <laughs> Disney he's going to make yeah. a bundle yeah, of money. This is the force it's- gem.
6: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and X Men. Yeah. They journey to the center of the galaxy to give the Force God a, a spaceship. Okay, um, so let's so.
1: talk about Finn and Rose. And also, uh, also I want to, in this section, talk about, I mean, that first scene, which is sort of the Rose's sister and Poe Dameron uh, doing something stupid that gets all of their bombers blown up, even though it does blow up a, a dreadnought, which is nice
2: and and presumably saves them. Uh, they have the same bomber maker as the Wonder Woman movie, where
6: the bombs are all just loose and rattling around on the inside of the plane. I know. on a big, <laughs> It's even more, more dangerous in space. So, you know, you know what you don't want in space? A lot of holes in your spaceship. So, how many openings? Dropping bombs yeah.
3: with a lack of gravity works out really yeah. well, by the way. Yeah, yeah,
6: that was weird. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted the World War II imagery, and so they, they just did it. Um, I thought that was I cool. did like
3: parts of that scene. That's well-constructed. I liked her lying there kicking... The ladder, yeah, trying Mm -hmm. to get the remote to it on. That is a really, really well constructed Mm -hmm. scene, and it didn't. I didn't even wasn't even bothered by the lack of gravity thing until someone pointed out much, much later. I don't know, it's artificial gravity in the ship, right? So
6: she's like on a catwalk that separates her from space, and I was like, that's a really bad design.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a force
6: field at the bottom, probably, probably. I guess I don't want to fall into a force field. What happens if you fall on a force field? That's not. Oh man,
2: (laughs) yeah, don't do that. And yeah, no, that was good. They're really good at space battles, and I think they make them exciting. And I like the idea of doing space battles. I mean, I guess they kind of did it in the old Star Wars too, but like a, a space battle where where the rebels. Win, but not really like win, but kind of lose. Like lots of people get blown up, and you know you don't. They have that end scene where they show them all crossed out on Leia's screen to like bring it up, but you don't have you don't need that. You see what's happening during the thing. Like oh, hey, they're gonna go bomb, and it's gonna be great. And you're like oh, lots of bombers are on fire. Should they be on fire that much? And they're all just blowing <laughs> up, and and you know <laughs> Less They fire. wanted
6: to check. The- they wanted to check their boxes for the kinds of battles. Right, we're gonna have battles with fighters. We're gonna have battles between capital ships, yeah. and then we'll have a we'll have a but, land but, battle. But they were Ian. good. Like
2: I felt like yeah. things
6: were at stake. I felt pose pose
2: ploy like you're like what is he doing it's some kind of ploy or whatever and the bombing run as a way to take out a bigger ship with the smaller one and the fact that they're too close and all that other stuff and then the heroic the the person who gets the heroic chance to be hero before she blows up it's all all uh, all good stuff and you know it's just the opening scene so it's it's just supposed to just be exciting and get you involved in the story. And it
3: funnels into this whole arc that Poe Dameron yeah. has in this exactly. movie, which is him he basically Leia trying to teach him to be a strategic thinker instead of a tactical thinker. Because what he is showing here is he thinks very tactically, we have a chance to blow up this giant dreadnought. We are going to blow it up because it is the most dangerous thing on the field right now. He'd be terrible at chess. Right. And what Leia is telling him is, no, you got to look at the way bigger picture than that. Because if you spend all our resources blowing up this giant ship, we don't have any resources. Yeah. And the first order still has a crap ton of and other And now, now the
6: rebellion fits in like a, a minivan so, thank
3: you. Oh. <laughs> so a small light, light freighter um yeah, and and i i enjoyed that first scene and it took me a while i think to sink into the fact that like no we're not we're not portraying this as something heroic right this is another way this breaks the mold because in the death star assault in a new hope you know people die left and right and only a few ships get out at the end and everyone's like they're heroes take medals and in this
2: one it's like you idiot you yeah. killed everybody yeah but things, things are much more like I have to say like the first rebellion had it stuffed together way more than this rebellion like seriously <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they, if you go back to the first rebellion like they knew what they were doing they followed orders they had bases and uniforms and like formations and these guys are compli are com- like they're uh,
3: complacent because they were in they had the backing of the republic and everyone's like it's fine we got the republic Like they
2: do not have their stuff together and Leia's like I already fought one rebellion why am I even here like I gotta do
6: everything I don't don't even totally get what their role is in the larger world because the force awakens didn't care to tell us like because there were resistance but they're the good guys but there's also a republic so yeah like I I, yeah I don't know
4: but can we talk for a minute about how episode 8 basically opens with a death star trench battle because that was the first thing I thought was holy moly We're starting with the Death Star trench.
2: Yeah, they're not afraid of set pieces.
4: If you're going to start there, you've come out swinging, in my book. And so, like, from and I'm like, it's only going to get bigger from here, which is sort of why I was extra grumpy about um, the the you know white bronco in space portion of the (laughs) film. (laughs) So
2: I didn't want to go there, but I I knew someone would eventually.
4: So like so, I was very excited that, that, you know, sitting down, not knowing anything about it, walking in and being like, okay, I got my popcorn, I've got a soda, let's ride. And then we go right to a Death Star Trench kind of battle. I was really excited about where the rest of the movie was going to go, which I think is why, like I said, that's why that stands out to me so much, you know, the slow speed chase. But I really did like... Um, starting there and i liked that we saw consequences from it i like I, yeah i didn't like that th- i didn't like how it turned out it sucked i really wanted to find out more about the story of this woman who kicked the remote into her hand and like all of that i want to find out more about her and like the, all the other people on those bombers you know but um but i like i sort of liked seeing the fallout from that cuz you know like before oh these guys are heroes even though we lost a whole bunch of people on the surface of the death star and but all you of didn't that you not lose
6: the important people well, it's also it right. depends. At the, if you do that at the end of the movie, you, you get a parade. If you do it at the start of the movie, you're a jerk. Yep. Yeah. So that's right. the, <laughs> That's
2: that's war, people. Well, well, but uh, the, the first rebellion knew what their objectives were, and it was like a final battle. And this was the ultimate weapon. And this is just like they are constantly, uh, uh, you know, they're 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 in they're in shambles. They're in, they don't have their stuff together. Not only they're on the run like the rebels were in like uh, Empire. How much of your plan was based around Poe prank calling them? So there's other <laughs> resistance people all over the galaxy, and they don't even have them all organized together and they're just getting winnowed down like they almost deserve to lose so here's the question for me and, and just want your opinion on this how much time do you think has taken
3: place since the end of force awakens yeah, because they have to immediately go.
2: Didn't they just blow up a big thing at the end of that one? But the crawl says they're on the run. Dan again. it's literally none because Ray is just yeah. handing the lightsaber. Well,
3: I would agree with that. The question is whether the timelines are somehow yeah. disjointed in some way. But I would agree I that it's been so. a matter of hours. Although it kind of lessens the whole Finn's been asleep thing because it's like, oh yeah, we popped you in the chamber for like well, two hours. I, I, I think You're maybe good, it's man. been
1: it's been d- days or even a, a few weeks since in the in the uh the Resistance planet and all
6: of that, but not a long time. Cause, well, because the new- order, because the Empire is regrouped, right? And, I mean, yeah, right.
3: this makes sense to me because that explains to John's point why they're not really well organized is because we're still probably only a week or two out from all of the Republic planets getting vaporized, they weren't prepared for this. They don't know what they're doing.
6: They had a huge party after they took out Starkiller Base. (laughs) We win! There's still still solo cops all over that bunker. Oh, too soon,
1: too soon. (laughs) If
3: there's Ah! one thing we learned from the end, that last time we blew up a Death Star, it's that everything is solved now.
2: Mm -hmm. Yup nub. (laughs) (laughs) The the first Death Star blow up never takes.
1: Let's, let's uh, (laughs) so okay, so Finn and Rose. Rose finds Finn uh, trying to run away, in like good old classic Finn, run away from from everything mm-hmm. um and then they end up getting sent on their mission to Cantobite, and uh they meet they there's space horses there and they meet kids and there's a monte carlo casino there's that shot that's taken from that movie wings from the 1920s where they move mm-hmm. across all the different tables of the people as they introduce the uh the the, uh, the casino and I, I, I what i wanted to say about canto Bight is I get that this is a digression in the movie and I get that it's not like the action and stuff is not essential, but I think it's really important in one way, which is it's showing you... That how the how the uh, the the world works, how the galaxy works here, where this is a beautiful place. But they are people who have money at the cost of everybody else because they're the arms dealers. They're selling. It turns out the people who make Tie Fighters also make X Wings. That was a thing that we learned, <laughs> and yeah. and that there are the Hardscrabble like the kids and all of that who are taking care of the space horses. And I think I I, I think this scene is important because of what it's about. Even though, yeah, you know, the, the Space Horse Stampede is fun and all, but it, it's not essential in that way. I think it's only really essential in that. In I really liked the theme of it that these are the these are yeah. the evil people in
6: this story. Actually, are the ones who are making money off of this mm-hmm. war. The, I mean, I think it fits with the theme of like there's a lot in this movie where it's like this is how we actually think the force works and we've been everything you knew before maybe wasn't the Mm. whole picture and it's like also this is how the galaxy works not everybody is you know with the imperials or with the rebels uh there's there's a bunch of people in between and some of them are doing great and some of them are totally not Um, again it's it's a good jumping off place
4: this is a this is literally a piece of the star wars universe we've never seen which I thought was yeah. fascinating.
3: Yeah, I, I think that the the horse stampede started to verge slightly into prequel territory for me, <laughs> um, but just ever so slightly. Uh, I like. I agree. I like the theme. It, it does feel like a weird digression in the middle of it. As Tony uh-huh. was saying to me earlier today, didn't we all really need to see an alien stuffing coins into BB-8 for a while? I,
6: I just read that's played by Mark Hamill. That's Mark Hamill. Oh, that's Mark. I saw he was. He credited wanted to play a CGI character, so and that was. Uh,
3: that's a. Uh, John's friend uh, Justin Theroux from The Leftovers playing the master codebreaker that never gets actually talked to. That's my
1: favorite thing in that in that section though is that I love that the that there's an alien that sticks uh, coins in BB-8 thinking he's a slot machine, and then for the rest of that scene BB-8 is rattling as he rolls around, and then he's yeah. shooting that, out coins. That made later, me laugh, yes. but it is like um, I was saying this to somebody uh, earlier today. Star Wars needs to stop trying to outdo the, the cantina the cantina because yeah, yeah. they can't yes. one. You can't,
2: we get it. They're aliens.
1: And two, like, don't just stop trying. Cause it's a waste of our time. Cause they do it again here. I don't think it's necessary. Uh, it, it's technically impressive. Dan, you're right. I mean, as, as fun as I like the, like when they're out with the horses on the, on the cliff or whatever, but it's just, it's broad. It is sort of sequely. There's the guy who's like, they parked illegally arrest yeah. them. That guy. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, so it's like, it's broader, even though like, I like the message that they're trying to send at one point, so much of it is broad and unnecessary. And quite honestly, I don't like this. I mean, Benicio del Toro is
2: going to try sell, to sell somebody some death sticks yeah. later. <laughs> I wish, okay. I wish he wasn't there because he's too much of a star. And I'm like, now I'm distracted. Not only have you spent too long on this casino planet, but I'm distracted. Yeah.
3: I have a way bigger problem with that character. And I think that character is done very, Poorly because it's a character that vacillates between extremes yeah. of I'm a jerk and no I'm actually a good guy in a way that I do not think works. He also yeah. knows the secret plan that nobody yeah, knows I don't yeah. that. about. That makes no uh, sense to me. That's but, a plot because hole. Yeah. I was trying to figure out whether or not like when he got paid off I'm like wait was he set up from the beginning? At what point did right. he decide to betray no, them? No, like, he,
2: he was totally he he I mean he said in the movie he cut the like he's he's an opportunist. He, he was with them. He gave the thing mm-hmm. back to her because he's nice. But when they're all pinched. He's looking out for himself, so he makes a yeah, second deal. Yeah, but they don't need deal. to pay him. <laughs> they could have just killed him. It feels like they, they could have cut him. Yeah, right? he, but he knows the secret plan
3: that nobody else knows, which is, I guess, why he got paid off. Just be glad he didn't come back and save them.
4: Yeah, there was no then what with him. Like, oh, but it turns out he really is a good guy, or...
6: It turns out he really is a bad guy, apparently. <laughs> uh, I, I was hoping he wouldn't come back. I thought I thought he was going to save them in the cargo bay at the You know, it just <laughs> yeah. seemed like that's, that's where this <laughs> I will, I will go, right? that's his,
2: his role as a character is to not come back, to show these kids that, guess what? This is this is how he said he says it right and the thing this is how the machine works or something to that effect tough galaxy he's not going to come back and save them he's not going to have a han solo moment and come right, back but that's
3: fine but but the moment but the moment of him saying like i'm a jerk cuz i need your necklace oh no i'm just kidding i don't really need it. i was just going to use it to hotwire this thing like that as a sort of fake out it doesn't fly for me but after especially if you're going to end up with the opposite mission
2: uh, i don't i don't think it was a fake out i think he wanted the necklace cuz it's valuable and i think he uh felt guilty about it and gave it back later and played it off as oh, I needed it for this thing. When Why he could would
3: he feel guilty? He does not seem like a character who's guilty. I
6: feel guilty stealing your necklace, but I do not feel guilty selling you out so that you'll be executed in front yeah, of me. Yeah, that, that's inconsistent. But because here, me, here's the thing: mess. that's
2: that's when push came to shove. He's he has the he has the freedom to be magnanimous and nice and have feelings, but when it, his neck's on the line he's got to look out for himself. Like, I, I don't think it's well done at all, but I don't like, think it does, enough I of think it's it does hold there. together. And I, I, yeah. I disagree. I, I don't think
3: it, I do not think it's a, a consistent, it, it strikes me as just, it's, it's broadly done. And there's interesting, and in, there's an interesting thing in talking about characters who occupy that space of gray and that moral equivalency. I think there's an interest in that, but I don't think it was handled
6: well. here. I almost wish he had just been like, they met him in the jail, and then he'd be like, well, how much can you pay me? And they'd be like, well, we don't actually have any money. It's like, well, then I can't help you. Sorry. Bye. I'm (laughs) out. This is my scene in the movie. I could save the day, but you have no money, so I won't. Um, Which
4: would make way more sense.
6: Yeah. The slightly odd choice also of making him a
3: character that with the stutter... Yeah, I feel like Vinicio Tutorial, Like part of his
2: contract is I get to have some affectation. <laughs> I get to do some weird stuff. Yeah.
4: Well, usually when we get a character like that, they have they're more impactful in some way. You know, I mean, remember how much time and space and. Everything else there is between Luke and Leia who turn out to be twins by the time we get to the end. Right. So like, I just expected I expected either way more or way less of his character than what we got, because he should have either been a casual toss off character that we didn't get interaction after interaction with, or he should have been a slightly more interesting character because it turns out he's really like Snape level undercover for the resistance or something, you know, like I just needed there to be another dimension to him because it seemed like we spent a lot of time with this guy to only have two dimensions and he should have had three if we were going to be with him that long.
2: Well, that's what gets back to what Jason said that like this whole segment, like the things that the segment has to do. Are good things to do, but they shouldn't be done by having an extended sequence with lots of things that yeah. happen and a chase yes. and extra mm-hmm. characters. It's like you don't need more characters in this movie. Especially
3: like, while you're trying to build that tension of that chase that's happening over there, because literally it feels like we're like, back for in the casino.
6: Hours. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> our, our our command center is still being chased. We have left. We have gone to another planet. We've landed. We, we, we got a corner. We, we, we didn't find some legal parking. We didn't park. went to a casino. We're in we jail got thrown for in jail. several hours. <laughs> We stole a horse. Like, yeah, you know, and then we, we're back. We, we freed the stable children, sort of. <laughs> yeah, don't mind me. I'm just going to go down to the corner and steal a space horse. I'll be right back. It's like every
3: <sighs> RPG campaign that you've run ever, Tony. Right? Like, yeah. oh, I thought the characters were supposed to be helping these people. Nope, you know, they're in the casino they, and they stealing did, horses. Meanwhile, <laughs>
1: all of your friends have di- have died on the on the on the spaceship. Let's. So Finn, it, uh, Finn in this movie surprised me in that um, I think more than any other character, I would say his prominence in in the first movie uh led me to be disappointed with how much time he gets to be a character cuz he he's in a disappointing uh sort of side plot um and when he's on the the um ship of the first order he you know he does run around a little bit and gets to like f- beat uh cap beat phasma with a with sticks they have a little stick battle um but I, I was disappointed. Like Finn, Finn doesn't have a lot to do. In, He's in the Poe of
3: this movie, right? Like yeah. Poe Dameron got very little time in the first movie and ended up. I mean, in part because he was supposed to die. But in this, I think the problem is it's really hard to service three main characters in three separate storylines in a single movie. That is really difficult.
6: Yeah. And they kind of made Rose really interesting. <laughs> they, they, yeah, think well, they did. I um, feel like he was yeah. just
2: there to be a foil for Rose uh-huh. because I was much more interested in Rose than I was with Rose him. Rose is yeah. the one
6: who has like a personal tragedy and she's this like mechanic who's just in the right place at the right time to or, step or up the wrong and place. Say, yeah. or the wrong place <laughs> to like step up and save the and like goes from working on the pipes to going on a secret mission and she's like, she knows how the galaxy actually is while Finn has been like, you know, in a coma slash busy being a stormtrooper. Uh, yeah, I mean, Finn, like, doesn't really do anything. Uh, I mean, he, he wakes up and he wants to find Rey, uh, and, they they kind of forgot to do anything else with him. Well, he, so. that's it. That's basically his arc. Uh, he does, uh, like I said, every
2: character has something, even if it's not much. Every character has a little thing, and Finn's thing is in the beginning of the movie, the first words out of his mouth are "Where's Ray?" By the end of the movie, he's having smoochy time with Rose, and maybe he's not thinking about Ray so much. Yeah,
3: what do you think of that love triangle aspect of it? Because it definitely feels like not they a triangle. Set it up. I think it's like there was
2: like the thing. The thing really? with Finn and Ray so was just like right place. They were they were together. They're friends. It's exciting, but I don't know if there was ever really anything there. And with no. Rose, there's a, something in one direction. I read the look on
3: Ray's face at the end when she watches him. We're also c- cut to show yeah. mm-hmm. Finn tending Rose from her point of view. And there's an almost... There is an element of almost regret on her face, whether it be you think something... it's
6: regret. I think she's happy that he's off with Rose. No, I saw that as like, oh, that that saves me a difficult conversation. I was going to have to write him a letter. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Jedi now. And he's he's, you know, he's, OK, yeah, I, you know.
3: I, I did, It seems like there's some some room for interpretations there.
4: I read it as surprise like, oh, hey, like that was like, oh, I okay, didn't realize right. that was happening. Like that was all I read it as. But, when but she's I, not when heartbroken, right? No, no, no. That's what they're, I'm saying. They're buddies. Like I never. I mean, yeah. if we're gonna talk about it, that's not who I wanted to have Finn kissing in the first place. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, speaking of that, when I when I first saw Rose with the necklace, I thought it was uh, she was the romantic partner of the the bomber person.
4: Yeah, I thought they were they were married or whatever it would be exactly. in space. So that's what I assumed. So I'm like, oh, this is heartbreaking it, because they call she's it the a other
2: life one. Debt. Um, so, <laughs> but like seriously, do you like do siblings have? Isn't that like a a, a thing that you would have w- with like your significant other? The little
6: the matching uh, no, uh, necklace not things. if
4: you got Best it from your friends. mom.
6: Siblings yeah. can have stuff too. There's all yeah. kinds of relationships. Don't be normative, John. It's I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. That was the world's biggest
2: friendship necklace. I don't so know. before it's we get, chunky. I
1: want to I want to um I want to move on to some some uh, other like grab bag of of things people wanted to talk about. Before I do I have one more thing on my list, which is just to talk about. We talked about it at the beginning. I want to go back to the end just at least to talk about um, about Leia a little bit here. I, and about, by the way, um, moment of silence for Admiral Ackbar, who dies. In oh, this yeah. oh, he, gets, he gets killed off screen. I was so oh. bummed. I was so I was bummed.
4: heartbroken about that.
1: At least Nyan nub made it. Obviously, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Uh, obviously um you know carrie so carrie fisher dies after they after they shoot this movie and and watching it i think oh man it's really too bad because they decided to sideline her in the movie she's the only (laughs) one who lives and and then she's the only one who lives at the end uh which is just it's it's really it's really sad too but because like if if they had decided to um to use her throughout the movie and then kill her off at the end we would have gotten a lot of Carrie Fisher as Leia in this movie but instead she's kind of sidelined until the end where she makes her dramatic return and shoots uh as stuns with the little stun circle thingy that she got stunned with in in the first Star Wars uh stuns now po. I'm the one who stuns yes <laughs> I love that that was a that was a great a great turnabout but uh she's great it uh, Carrie Fisher's death lends it all a little bit of melancholy um from a technical standpoint i wanted to say i was actually listening for her dialogue because i realized they yeah. didn't have any time to do any adr any any re-recording and i if they had somebody else recorded dialogue in certain places as her i could not tell nor could i Mm-mm. nor could i detect flaws so whatever they did
6: to get her dialogue clear I'm impressed. There were a couple scenes where she had a clearly a, like an important line of dialogue, and she was turned away, which suggested to me that that was clearly like, if this had been a, if the you know
1: normally
2: this would be a
6: close they up her on the saying face,
1: it, but they couldn't cut it to match, so they yes. cut a, cut it so, to be with her yeah. back
2: to the yeah, camera. Yeah, there was yeah. was this, yeah. is this, this was a scene a that I'm of thinking those. of early on, and I was I was like yelling at Ryan Johnson, but now this makes sense. It wasn't between them. I think it was was it no, it wasn't. It was it was Laura Dern and Poe uh there was one dialogue scene early in the movie where the two of them are talking and it was cut i like badly uh. it was cut wrong it was like they were cutting back and forth it's just two people talking like over the shoulder shot from your perspective, from this person's perspective, back and forth and back. but they were cutting it like like randomly like it was just i don't know and uh, maybe that's because they didn't have any footage or whatever but that didn't involve carrie fisher so when, when you all see it a second time all tell right. me if i'm crazy i think it's when poe's arguing with uh with what's her name with Laura Dern about like the strategy early on and it's just the two of them yelling at each other uh, on the bridge and of the she's ship. at the
6: board like maybe there's supposed to be a weird thing there where she's not even like like it's communicating that she's not even like turning to look at him or something but it is awkward John. No, they are, they are and-
2: looking at each other they just cut back and forth and they don't cut back and forth in rhythm with the dialogue like each person the beginning of their line is over their shoulder and the end of their line is over the other person's shoulder and then that person starts to speak and they cut back and forth and back and forth and I was like what what are you
3: doing to-? I was gonna ask as far as we're on the, the last subject that what people thought of the uh her Her injury slash death slash resurrection
2: moment. I I get I allow them that. Because, they, yeah. I mean, you know, as we said... <laughs> she's like, got b- Jedi powers, She's, she's got to use them yeah. sometime, yeah. right? She, I, she, everyone needs to have the hero moment. We get all these movies like, well, you know, Force is strong in my family. I got the Force too. It was like, finally, finally, she gets to do something with it. And yeah. and I don't even need a story about how could she do that? When did she get training? It's like, is the, you know, a most intense moment. And she's, you know, like, it's an important time. If, this, if the stuff is going to surface or whether she's been training or whatever has been going on, I allow them to have it because she is just... Just that chill and that collected, and it fits with her character in these movies. That she would let herself get blown out of the thing and then pull herself back in with the force, even if it's the first time she's ever used the force in her life. I give it to her. Yep, me too. Yeah, I, I, I was right on the line for me between
3: it. It could have veered into the too silly moment, just the way, some of it was just the way it was shot. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, um, I do have some complaints about how yeah. it was shot.
2: Not the, yeah. not the events, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the I, way I, they know, I, it was I'm the
3: all in favor of the using the forest. I just felt like that particular, there was some execution of that that I was yes. like, it could have looked a little more awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely.
5: I knew going into this that I was going to cry a lot every time Carrie Fisher was on the screen. <laughs> I cried a lot every time Carrie Fisher was on the screen. I'm not a crying person. Like, I, I'm not a person who cries easily, but I knew that would happen because, um and I think, Kelly, maybe this might be very similar for you, but I grew up watching Star Wars, right? I was a few months old when the last movie came out, as I think I've said on other Star Wars episodes that we've done. So I have really always been steeped in Star Wars and always been, like, Leia was really my first hero, in, in mm-hmm. so many ways, like she was my first example of like a woman can be a hero. And we didn't we don't we still don't get that a lot. It's getting a little bit better, but we still don't get that. And I knew because she was so I cried so much when she died, you know, and it's the first time that any celebrity death has really hit me. And so I knew that this would be really um, I don't know, like it, it's kind of an end of an era for me with mm-hmm. her not being present in star wars anymore and obviously i knew that was going to happen at some point but i didn't want you know you never want it to be the end but it was, was that it would be by choice and yeah. not by that that like you know like
4: her character was done but we would still get her because yeah i totally get where you're going with that
1: one well, it's, it's it's clear that the filmmakers plan was um the episode seven is about han episode eight is about luke and episode nine is about leia and now they can't do yeah.
4: that
5: Yep. Yeah.
1: And
4: that was what broke my heart at the end of this one was seeing that when when Luke disappeared was seeing that cuz like I, I mean I said this last Christmas uh, you know when when she passed that uh when I was when I was little I wanted to be Princess Leia and now that I'm older I wanted to be Carrie Fisher yeah. when I grew up. Yep. Um and I like I I was I'm right there with you. I was kind of a mess every time she showed up on the screen. Like I grabbed extra napkins at the concession yeah. stand cuz I was like Cause I know Princess Leia is in this movie, honey. And so he's like, why yep. do you need so many napkins? And I'm like, trust me, I need them. And because she was the yardstick I measured everybody else by. I saw the original The I, I saw Star Wars when I was very small and so like basically I broke forever because George Lucas didn't know how to write her as a girl and so she did all the same stuff the boys were doing. She ran and she shot and she bossed people around and she mouthed off to everybody just like everybody else did and so I just took that with me in my life which is a lot of how I ended up where I am is like <laughs> well Princess Leia can do all of that. Why can't I I do everything the boys can do so like george lucas's failure as a writer was like <laughs> a core moment in <laughs> yep. my life because that was basically my yardstick like i would watch people on tv and go why is she just sitting there waiting to be rescued princess leia wouldn't do that like that was you know that was always what i came back to so I was heartbroken when she when she passed for that reason and then also because I later I wondered what it would mean for the Star Wars universe and now it breaks my heart that she doesn't ever get her movie yeah. especially yeah. after she was sidelined in this one like I, I got really frustrated with that mm-hmm. in this movie because I'm like we didn't we don't have any time more is of precious her. with and, Leia why is yes. she asleep
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah we don't yeah. have any
4: more of her and this is what you give her to do and ah Like, I get that you gave me a different girl,
5: but I kind of need a little bit more of this one first. When the bridge blew and she went out and I was like no Like
6: yeah, I get more yeah. than five yeah.
5: minutes of her on the screen I have to have more than five minutes of her on the screen and that's also a lot of why I'm willing to kind of forgive because I think if I were if it had been any other character I would have been like uh-huh but yeah. that's a lot of why I'm willing to forgive that like floating back even I'm like she opens her eyes and I'm like no you can't you can't open your eyes in space <laughs> it's not its
4: yeah the the execution of, of that was a little eye for me but I totally but I absolutely yeah. forgave it I'm like it's fine yeah it's fine this is, this is showing that You know, she does have at least some or is able to tap into some, you know, whether she even completely realized it or not. So I was I but I was very sad. And part of the reason I was very sad is before before I went to this, they showed a screening they had at the Chinese theater yesterday. And it was a picture of a dark theater with all these lightsabers up in the air. And they said that it was a moment for Carrie Fisher before the movie started. Well,
5: now I'm crying. Yeah. (laughs)
1: All right. I would like to go around to each of you. And ask if there are, uh, if you've got some other this isn't your final wrap up of of your overall thoughts about the movie it's more like if there's a a point or two that you wanted to make that we haven't gotten to because like Ooh, the um, yes. movie this podcast structure is a little <laughs> ramshackle a lot of good stuff in it but it's kind of all over the place <laughs> so tony do you have any um any any thoughts that that you haven't brought up yet that you'd like to get out there how do, how do people
6: feel about crystal foxes i was a little i feel like they had maybe spent their <laughs> they, did, they did fulfill a, a plot point a dumb plot point, i know but they did i felt like maybe maybe you know crystal foxes and porgs in the same movie and, and like,
2: the horse things whoever came, yeah. came up with cute animals is really having their their day in the sun i like the design of the foxes.
6: in some ways that is a me- that is a metaphor for the uh the last jedi as a movie um you know all no cuts to, to cute animals they're all in you know three three cute animals instead of just one 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 would have done why you got Why gotta hate animals, Tony? Uh, you know, por- crystal foxes—they just don't have the same kind of organization that the porgs do. Porganization. organization, come on! Oh. You oh. left that one on the table. This podcast is over. Dan, do you have any extra thoughts? Yeah.
3: I have so my favorite shot in the entire movie, the one that made me actually do the like mouth agape thing, and I think it was one of the most successful scenes in the movie for me, is the light speed scene where yeah, Laura right. Dern's oh, yes. I can't believe we hadn't talked oh, about that yet. That. So that is good. it is beautifully shot. I love that it's done in silence. Yes, gasps it, yes. in the theater. Gasps it makes sense yes. from a plot point of view. Like I was waiting for her to do something with that ship, right? And we've never seen that before. And that, that was the thing is like, doesn't everybody want to know what happens when you fly a
1: ship at lightspeed
3: through like a the ships? <laughs> so I thought that was an amazing
6: success. And for yes. me, that was just one of the highlights. It just it looks fantastic. Headcanon, the reason she can't tell anybody about what her plan is, is if people knew what this was the plan, they wouldn't have let her do it. So yeah, that's, that's why fair. she can't tell Poe what the plan is because Poe would have insisted on on flying that ship or doing something else even stupider than what he actually did.
3: <laughs> I can't figure out if she
6: intended to
3: do that originally or was just no. like covering. I no, feel she like didn't. she, she, didn't, but she, yeah, she just sees all up. the transports getting blown up yeah. and decides, mm-hmm. what do I have at my disposal? It's this big ship that I can fly through. We got one yeah. jump for one light speed jump left. Remember, we telegraphed yeah. that early we on. We hung a
1: lantern on that one. Um, and, th- and that made me really it really
3: redeemed her character for me because i yes. did have that problem with her being the not telling people the plan i agree that it just it struck me as so frustrating and so that's a great moment like that's a great heroic moment for a character that we've only known for you know 2 hours or so yeah, but everybody it really gets their hero works. moment in this movie it really works and i and i think it's just it, it was the one shot in the movie that made me like my jaw drop
6: when did because it seemed like from talking to different people uh when do you realize that luke is not there uh i i thought he was not there at the end right from the beginning because I, i thought he was force projecting himself there to like say goodbye to leia who's about to die when this this base uh goes down i i told you this during after the theater tony but the
3: thing i was staring at it for like two solid minutes being like how could he have that lightsaber? That lightsaber just got torn yeah. apart half uh-huh. yeah. an yeah. hour ago. Yep. What the hell is going on? They better address that because if they don't address that, and i was so distracted. I thought he should have that. had his Jedi one because, yeah, I agree the I house thought. fell down on it, but he should still have it, right? Somebody pointed out to me. Yeah, I guess I was wondering. Somebody's pointing out that it might be like how Kylo Ren remembered him because he also has yeah, the brown his beard. i like, wait beard. a second.
2: Did his gray go away? Yeah, is he using Just for did. Men on that island? Yeah.
3: He doesn't leave the footprints either.
1: Yeah. Right, because the co- the cool thing in that scene, and I like that. I I think um talking about the ending, I actually think the last whatever, forty five minutes of this movie is amazing. I like that whole yes. thing on the planet. I yep. like the crystal foxes, I like the cave, I like that Ray uses the force to move the rocks. I like the, <laughs> the I like the weird ships the with Falcon. the little monopods that scrape up the red Mono dust. Skis, yeah. I think it um, looks that was- Look, it, that planet was like,
2: designed by a cinematographer I think. yeah it, was. <laughs> it just looks
1: beautiful. all the red in this movie the red in the battle with the red guards mm. in, mm. in, in yep. Snoke's office is amazing oh,
6: and, the, and the red the red uh, cliffs that the fal- falcon is like diving through with all the topics. Yeah, shooting the crystal crystal yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah.
1: all of that stuff at the end especially I think it looks really great Um, and, and including the fact that they're yeah they're walking around out there or driving around and it's the red underneath the white so it's exposing what's underneath mm. and all that it's all that whole scene is really great i like that whole the whole thing what was finn's plan
2: <laughs> he was he gonna drive right into the middle of the gun and he blow was it gonna up.
3: sacrifice himself okay yeah. i did think that He's was the channeling
4: case. his inner laura dern yep. and was gonna mm. just right into it yeah
3: because it didn't seem like they really had a plan before that where they're all flying out there like all right fly towards the giant gun thing and well, everyone's like gonna, like shoot they're the gonna, giant gun. They're gonna shoot it it yeah. was a death
6: star run that did not they work ha- do they have guns they didn't use them on anything <laughs> also like it like like an hour ago in finn's time he couldn't he couldn't fly a ship so you know
0: yeah. <laughs> you
1: know.
6: um he's learned uh kelly anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to
1: bring up
4: uh, just that i really dug the salt planet yeah. or whatever you know whatever it is the red the, with with its delicious red center mm-hmm. um i thought it
1: was cherry red
2: planet
4: Ooh. yeah it was well it, it was or is it, it was really interesting i can't decide and the and like the fact that they had the skid that you know she said like use the skid because it stabilizes your ship or whatever and so that's that shot that we got in the trailer you know with the red coming up behind the ships and and those shots like uh there were two moments when i really just sort of like took the mental picture and one of them was that silent explosion Uh, and then the other one was luke standing there in front of all of that first order force that was standing there and he's staring all of them down like that i loved that moment with the red on the ground and him standing there and then all of the the at and everything sort of facing off i really really enjoyed uh that that shot as well
1: you think you got him <laughs> <laughs> i just i really it's, enjoyed that, that, a, lo- I, a lot that, of funny lines hilarious. especially with the first yes. order in this movie. Yeah.
4: It was jokier I think uh-huh. than than I remember clipier. Star Wars
3: being. Force Awakens also I feel like leaned heavy on the humor. I think they both yeah. did. And I think that's fine. I'm okay with that. They usually lands for me like the especially mm-hmm. just the these it's a more modern humor than we had, you know, like obviously 30 years that later. That
1: moment you know the the um, uh, page turners they are not from Yoda yes. <laughs> yes. that killed me. That's <laughs> so great. So funny. <laughs>
6: amazing i don't know some some of them get get to me a little bit because i feel like it's like it's almost like it doesn't have the confidence to be dramatic so it has to be silly uh like the line where where ray asks uh kylo to like put a shirt on um (laughs) like like that's funny but it also kind of takes you out of what's going on also Um, i watch i watch girls
1: i feel like adam driver just is allergic to shirts or something i don't really know (laughs) okay what's happening
2: there it's a serious condition, Jason. Yeah. I'd like you, not to make fun of it. Yeah. Uh,
1: the emo
3: Kylo Ren account came back, <gasps> and I think yes! they just tweeted, uh, "I've been working out." Yeah, I love
5: it so <laughs> much. that was the only one.
1: Aline, uh, love it. Any uh, love it. any extras that we that we haven't covered yet?
5: Um, a couple. So there was that scene where it it was Ray's first lesson. She's sitting on that rock, and Lucas talking to her, and it keeps cutting. It kept cutting to these different things that she was she was describing, yeah, like cold, and I, that really took me out. Like if if they had just kind of described that and let me experience it, kind of as a, a, like a meditative exercise or whatever, I think that would have worked better for me rather than like, oh, let's really show you what. Cold might be like I know what cold. That was is. the
1: most kind of like, um, not quite avant-garde, but the most aggressive sort of stylistic editing choice in the movie. They, they showed yeah. time-lapse plants growing, Jason, yeah. in a Star Wars movie. I know, yeah. right? It's wild. I, I, yeah, I that that, that's plants. that's Ryan Johnson saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna." Not try to make it look just like I mean, okay, JJ J. Abrams was constructing an homage to Star Wars movies. Right. This is Ryan
2: Johnson being like, well, but, but it looked like a JJ J. movie too. It, wh- like what, it just so happens that his style is a closer fit. I
1: was gonna say, what does a JJ J. Abrams movie look like? And the answer is an amalgamation of a lot of seventies. 70s... Spielberg, uh-huh. Lucas, Lens Flair, exactly. like, it's all in there. So it's all it's all a good fit. Anyway, I I, I kinda liked it, Aline. Because it was different, but I get I I, I get your point on it. it. It was very different from the feel of a Star Wars movie. Uh,
5: so there's that. I really liked after um, after Kylo Ren killed Snoke and the fight with the guards. I really yeah. liked that. I liked seeing That's them work fight. together after they'd been. I was I was kind of iffy on kind of the whole bonding through the Force exercise, but I feel like that payoff in. Um, Whatever the enclave of the ship. Um, I, I thought that was really good. I had this moment where I was looking at the guards, kind of the first scene that we're in Snoke's room. And I was like, that looks really seventies. And then I was like, that looks really seventies. And that was kind of cool. But um, it also, uh, I think John Scalzi wrote a blog post that said something about, it. there was a scene that looked really Star Trekky, And I think it might've been yeah, that scene that's where it means. didn't, Yeah, it didn't quite feel, it was another moment where it didn't really feel like Star Wars. It felt like it was of an age, but it didn't feel like Star Wars to me. Um, but I loved that scene. I loved seeing them work together. I loved, and I had this moment because I've been doing this internal debate, you know, over the last few days, like, okay, is there, is there actually a redemption arc for Kylo Ren or is there not? And I was thinking, well, maybe this is, maybe this is at the beginning of it. And you know, what they wanted me to do. But I really enjoyed that. And um I'm not hearing people talk about that a whole lot, but I thought it was a great, great scene. I think that
1: scene is amazing. And as a kid, I was obsessed with the um the red guard for the, the emperor. Imperial it, guards. Right? Yeah. Yes. And so so this is like a payoff of that, which these are those these yeah. are basically like those guys. And it turns out they are tough. They're killable. They're very much killable, but they're really tough. I love that moment too, and I, I think, you know, the fact that they're both
3: working together under sort of the presumption that the other person has like aligned themselves <laughs> with them yeah. is a great dynamic to just have them both be like, Ray's like, yes, he killed Snoke. He's a good guy now. And Kylo Ren's like, oh, she's helping me. She's come to my side. And it's like, Nope, you guys got close, uh,
6: but you still couldn't quite like be <laughs> you couldn't quite get on the same page there. There's there's also the really cool thing where the like the room transforms, right? When they're first there, yes. the walls are all like fire do red that. and strange mm-hmm. and then like I guess. They catch on like, fire. Yeah, yeah, they catch on fire that I guess the tapestries burn and it's it's just this giant observation platform looking out at, you know, everything falling apart in space. Yeah. So I was sad yeah. that the lightsaber blew up though. That's true.
1: Yeah. That's true, although that was what a dramatic moment. So that's it's why like, why it's these mine, it's mine. Nice things.
6: Stop fighting yeah. over your toys, you're going to break them. Yeah. That one it's was way past, its, yep. way past its warranty. It's that one was real yep. old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
5: And then the last thing was, there wasn't enough Phasma, and I hope she's not dead. Yeah.
6: More Phasma,
1: please.
5: It's it's a waste of Gwendolyn
1: yeah. Christie. She, she made it through that too? She seems pretty dead. She seems pretty dead. I had hoped that there would be more for Vasma to do in this one, and there really wasn't. I mean, she got another fight with Finn, and yeah, she loses. We, please, we don't need more characters. We get geez. to see her eye. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but so <laughs> yeah. then why have her at all, right? I mean, I yeah. know it's because she's shiny. Because she's shiny. Like yeah. This She's actress. very shiny. There's there's a promise
6: there that's not kept. Yeah. Well, go. Apparently, yeah. there's a good there's a tie in novel sure. which a lot of people seem to like. Great. So <laughs> there you go. We we haven't mentioned the. Uh, Ray's dream sequence in the cave. Um, mm, oh,
3: yes. I wanted to ask about people's
6: interpretation of that. Yeah. I'm. Well, I'm wondering what we're supposed to take from that, or if, you know, if if we will get more to that in a later movie, or if, if that's all, that's what we're supposed to, you know, get from it theory, is there. I had a
3: theory, or I had an interpretation of that, which was, so she asks about her parents, right? Yes. Right. And in the end, she sees only herself. And I think... It kind of goes with what Kylo Ren tells her. Yeah, Yeah. it's not that she's so much that she's nobody, as it is that her parents aren't nearly as important as who she has become herself. You're not from a long line of Jedi. You're it. Right. And it's, you are, that's fine. You are, you are sufficient unto yourself. You don't need to, somebody pointed out somewhere, I, I forget who this was, but it was a good point about the, the, it's never about where she came from. It's always about where she's going. And I think that's the most key thing about Ray is this whole idea that she is not part of the, the Skywalker lineage. She's not part of anything. She is just one person, but she has the force like we see some other people in the galaxy might as well. And that she is just as important as any of that. It doesn't matter what her ancestry is like that was the only thing i could sort of take out of it although that scene i will see i will put that up there against the
2: uh time-lapse plants and everything for being the sort of avant-garde trippy scene yeah it movie. was yeah there was one other aspect of that is that uh you know that's supposed to be a part of the dark side on the island that tempts you and that she goes right to it and luke mentioned at one point that the, the whole point of the dark side little cave thing is that it's it lures you down by trying to offer you whatever it is that you want and she wants her parents obviously so it's like oh yeah come down to the cave into the seaweed cave it's great down here i'll tell you all about your parents Mm -hmm. right and and she goes down there and it gets her down there but in the end the dark side can't deliver like it can't actually show her her parents it just you know so she goes down there trying to be fulfilled i think the, the other that that's the other lesson i think was like the dark side is tempting and promises you what you think you want but it will not deliver you won't get what you want from the dark side also um, but, could maybe
3: but, did jedi masters stop moving to these planets that all have dark side caves on them wherever because they go
2: they bring the dark side cave yeah with them. that's they, they set know, one up it, that's, that's only one you take soul. with you dan it's in their yeah, soul you gotta have that. what's in yeah. the cave
1: John, anything uh, we haven't uh, brought up that you think needs to be on the agenda before we wrap it?
2: Perhaps this will surprise you, but I have about seven more podcasts or <laughs> some things to say about this movie. Uh, yeah, I know, um, but we don't have time for that, so I'm going to pick a few uh, here. Uh, one of them is we t- when we t- before these movies came out, before the Force Awakens came out, we talked about this, and I think I voiced then one of my fears was uh, that these movies would dwell too much on the old characters. And that, uh, and I wanted to see this to be about new characters and the force awakens is the first one and you've got all the old characters there, but you've got to introduce and establish these new characters. Right. But as Jason said earlier, I think, um, it's clear now when we've seen the second movie that the plan seemed to be Han goes in the first one, Luke goes in the second one, Leia goes in the third one, and that they're basically, they're going to spend the entire trilogy as, uh, an elaborate send-off to our favorites which i think gives short shrift to some of the new characters that we really like in this movie uh, you know i i really feel like i i wanted to cut lots of ancillaries and see way more of ray um and and that and i didn't get that in this movie um and i guess now is you know it, it, a blessing in disguise that we know there's not going to be leia, tons of leia in the next movie but then she, like as everyone said she didn't get to have her movie right so i don't I'm conflicted about the idea of these movies being, uh, being so focused on these older characters. Whereas I feel like they did such a good, good job introducing the new characters that there's not enough room for all of them to be together. So I'm, I don't know how I feel about that yet, but uh, you know, I'm gonna see it again and I'm gonna dwell on because I obviously I love these characters. I love the old, Who doesn't love the old? Who doesn't want to see them? But I like the new characters too. Um, the other thing that struck me about this movie when I watched this, and this is one of the the, the things that gets me. Choked up about these movies. I don't. I don't know by proxy or whatever. Like, I you know I didn't. I grew up seeing movies where all the heroes were like me. I didn't. I was. I didn't have any representation problem. In anything that I saw, right? But in in my you know in my old age, like I I have come to a fairly you know uh, some kind of connection and appreciation of the idea of like what if everything you watched when you were a kid, you never saw yourself on the screen being a hero, right? And to have that even turn just a little bit uh, is to me it's like satisfying uh, by proxy that I'm that basically that I'm proud of the Star Wars franchise that this movie in a matter of fact way has women in charge and doing important things and talking to each other <laughs> about something other than a man like you know the whole the whole nine yards like they don't they don't lean on it too much but I notice it and it's there and I appreciate the idea that there are people in the audience seeing this and it's normal for them it's normal for the general you know leia to be in charge and the second command to be in charge and it's normal for the women to be active participants in whatever is going on and they did such a better job in in uh, in these movies of showing all the different people who are piloting the ships the women get blown up just like the men they're not special snowflakes they get just slightly more equal treatment and i i appreciate that and like i said i'm i'm proud of the franchise when i see that and i'm proud that it doesn't that that it that it does it directly and i don't know i'm I, I i don't know how to feel but sometimes I feel conflicted it's like well this is not for you you don't even know how it really feels or whatever but but i do i do feel those feels when i watch the movie um even if it's just the Ancillary The character. background was much better too the background characters people who
3: only got you know one or two lines but the di- the diversity inclusion among like the pilots and the resistance the command center staff right like yeah you can go through the original trilogy and count the number of like people of color and women <laughs> Because there aren't or, or, many or,
2: or or women who have a line yeah. right,
3: sure, even fewer, yeah. but like even the ones in the background there aren't that many yeah
2: and from and from the begin- from the opening scene of the the person who sacrifices yeah. mm-hmm. herself and and rose and rose's eventual thing of of uh you know <laughs> crashing into Finn saying you know, and Finn comes running over to her and he's like, "I saved you, dummy, like <laughs> isn't, mm-hmm. you know just he's still trying to be it's I don't know. That, that all works for Part me. Part
4: of why I think that works is because it's not a thing. It's not, look at all us girls standing mm-hmm. around here doing all the stuff the boys do. They're just characters. Right, And, right. and they, they're people they, doing what anybody would do in that situation. And it's not about, well, gosh, what will my woman brain decide is the right decision <laughs> here? Like, that's none of that ever happens. And I, for me, that's what struck me about it. Um You know, because like I'd seen somewhere that Laura Dern was in it. So I was sort of waiting for her to show up. And, you know, and I was I I was glad to see that, like, it wasn't a thing. And it was just, you know, here's who these people are and we're going to get on with it. And it was pretty great.
2: And a lifetime of seeing the opposite uh, made me fear when Poe was like, oh, I got a mutiny. I got to take over because she doesn't know what she's doing. And I was like, please don't let that be the truth. And it wasn't. She knew what she was doing and he was dumb and she kicks the smoke thing and shoots them all and Leia comes through the door and things get straightened out.
5: And I feel going back to Kelly talking about how it's just how it is, you know, and in, in feeling that very viscerally, I... I think this is where Wonder Woman fell down, not to bring like other franchises too much into it, but like Wonder Woman, it's like, oh yeah, you have this, this island of women and everybody is exceptional. And then we're going to, we're going to pluck this one character out and we're going to put it on in our, you know, reality. And she's going to be the one remarkable woman in a sea of men. Um, and with, with Star Wars, what they're getting, what they're grokking onto is that no, that's, that's not what you need to do. You don't need to make it a big deal that one woman is exceptional. You need to make it a a thing that women just exist and are capable, and that's what I really, really love about what they're doing now and how they've kind of course corrected.
2: Yeah, I guess the final thing of my eight thousand more things I have to say about <laughs> this movie is um, just to, to, to give voice to what I think are going to be the the most common complaints uh, about this. Um, so many th- this movie. When I'm thinking about it. What does it feel like in my mind? So many beautiful moments. Um, so many beautiful set pieces connected to each other by writing that is okay to good, but never great and sometimes a little bit clumsy. And that's what makes it feel like when I like I think of the shape of this movie, I think of it as a, as a, a like a bunch of shiny gems connected together with some okay string. And there's a lot of them, and it's a really long string. And,
6: and, just and a, it's
2: an old sock full of diamonds, <laughs> says John Cusack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's something like that. It just, but it's like it's just it's so it's just so shambling. And and I think the the individual scenes, like I, I know you guys were talking about the big red area with the the tapestry that catches on fire and stuff like that. But that and the fact that it looks like Star Trek, I think a lot of people have uh, you know in in the gems in the moments. Even some of those, I think everybody has the ones that they think were off. Some people don't like the Leia going through space because she looks like Mary Poppins. And I mostly agree that that was a bad way to shoot that. I found that the lighting and set design in the big red room uh, didn't feel like Star Wars to me. After Snoke was dead, I think those red guys should have left because what, el- what the hell else do they have to fight for? I think that <laughs> fight scene between them and the red guys, yeah, it's good to see a fight scene, but it does. there was no stakes anymore because Snoke was already dead. Uh, that whole throne scene, uh, I felt like was undercut by sort of an order of operations error. Um, but everyone else has different ones. With like, okay, well, I like that, but I didn't like his other things. Yeah, that's. The, I don't know if they- there's
1: so many that everybody
2: you can just pick which diamonds you want out of the sock. Right, but I don't think they were all. I don't think anybody liked all of them. That's what I'm getting.
1: at. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's accurate. Um, it sounds like we are beginning to tell people what we what we feel about the movie as a whole which is a good way to wrap it up. Um, so Kelly over overall judgment on the last Jedi.
4: I had a couple of things cause I was sort of uh, talking this over with a friend of mine and uh, what I, what I ended up coming to was that uh, we, we got episode seven after not having any Star Wars movies of import for a while. And So we get seven and seven feels a lot like four. So it's very comfortable. It's you know, it's it's sort of well-known territory and it's a thing that that we all sort of know. And so we all kind of fall back in love with Star Wars. And then after that, we get Rogue One. Which is darker and different and tells a Star Wars story, but it has like different moments and a different order of things and a different style and a different like molecular approach to telling a Star Wars story in a movie. And so I thought that was really interesting. And then after we get so, you know, after we get uh, Rogue One, Rogue One was prep work. For the real-time release of these movies. This is just me and my crazy theory, but here it goes. So, episode 8 is the big sharpie line between original trilogy and new trilogy, in my mind. Because this is a new kind of Star Wars movie. It feels like Star Wars. It looks a lot like Star Wars. There's a lot of Star Wars elements within it. Uh, some we like, some we don't. You know, again, like, like John was saying, you know, whoever you are. Um, there's things we don't and things we don't and things we do. And that very end of the movie is the underline of that where, you know, like it's it's darker, but it's funnier. But the point at the end of the movie is that obviously Star Wars will go on. You know, we get the kid that walks out and summons the broom to his hand and goes out and looks up at the stars and like that whole the whole point of that is like this story will go on this story is going to continue and it may not look like it did but that doesn't mean it's not going to continue and that it's not going to bring people joy and i really felt like that was a very important point for this film to be making real time like you know from now on people can watch one through eight in order and be done and You know, that's all well and good. And you can start at episode four and you can watch the arc of the characters that you love. And like from this moment forward, that part doesn't matter quite as much. But I really feel like it's important for people who are seeing it now in chronological release order because for the most part, most of us can only really move one direction in time. And that's, you know, one second at a time and that's the part that's going to happen is like this is this movie is telling us star wars stories are going to take new different shapes and star wars stories are still going to be interesting and you know sometimes change is kind of hard but that doesn't mean it has to be a bad thing and that's what i got out of this movie is that um we are going to continue to get star wars and it may not look like it used to but that doesn't mean it isn't star wars tony Overall thoughts?
6: Uh, I I feel like we've we've hit it. Um, there were lots of moments in this that are very Star Wars-y, and I love them the overall shape of the movie is a little ungainly and a little, you know, it's it's maybe there's, there's too much in here. Um, so I think it was a great time and I'm happy I saw it and I will no doubt see it again many times, but you know, it's not the best movie in the world, but it's, it's Star Wars and we need Star Wars. The world is better when there's more Star Wars in it, especially if you don't have to go to the, to the, uh, expanded universe, but that's a different podcast. Tony and Dan said expanded, expanded (laughs) universe confessionals. Okay. Everybody stay tuned for that. Brought to you by Dash Rengar. (laughs) Um, so, uh, Aline, overall thoughts?
5: Um, I... I like it. I, I I feel like we've, like Tony said, we've covered it. It did feel a little uneven. It felt a little long. It felt like they tried to cram too much in. Um, I'm still, like I said earlier, I'm still processing. I was giddy when I came out of The Force Awakens and I think that so much of it was because going back again to being a woman and seeing a woman in a role where she is capable and and kicking butt. Like she's rescuing Finn right and left. It's amazing. Um, so I I don't. I didn't have those like really excited feelings coming out of it, but I, I don't hate it. I don't feel like I need to go back and see it like right away. Um, I, I, I probably will, but you know, it's not going to be like the Force Awakens where it's like every day I'm like, why don't we go see a movie today? <laughs> Justin will be like, my, what do you mean? So um, yeah, I I liked it. I don't love it. Maybe maybe that'll change as time goes by. Uh, maybe there'll be a fan cut with you know the the Finn and Rose parts taken out and I'll um, I'll like it a little bit better. We'll see.
3: Dan? Man, I am just feeling contemplative about this. So I, I had a similar experience in that I came out of it and my head was just like, it felt like the movie. It felt over full and I was like sorting through thoughts one at a time. And it's it's tough because like i i obviously like everybody I grew up with star wars star wars has been one of my my defining character like characteristics for much of my childhood and adult life i'm sitting in a room filled with star wars posters um and so i i spent a lot of time like you know my girlfriend i got up this morning i was driving her to the to the subway station and we're like talking about it and she really loved it she just unabashedly loved it and she was so excited and I'm just sitting there feeling like I'm in this really weird position of arguing about things I didn't like in a Star Wars movie. And I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, it's very it's very conflicting um, because I do think that there are like like I said earlier, there are lots of little bits in here that I love and that that are delightful. Uh and then you put them all together and you're, you are left with this sort of misshapen <laughs> mound of thing that doesn't, that just puzzles me as to what it is, like this whole thing. And, and Kelly's points I thought were really good about how this movie ends and, and sort of redefines what the Star Wars movies are. But what's weird about that to me is like, I would have expected that at the end of episode nine. Like to have this like major defining moment and talk about all of that at the end of the middle part of the trilogy, like, It just feels like again like i feel slightly off balance about it um and there were parts that every once in a while occasionally made me kind of like raise my eyebrows about something that i thought was maybe felt a little prequely or a little silly i was thinking also of the scene we didn't discuss where bb-8 takes over an atst and they all jump
1: on top and (laughs) walks out and i was like all right all right sure (laughs) um (laughs) It was short. He's, it was over fast. Well, that's that's right uh, after the scene where BB-8 disguises himself by having a box thrown over him. <laughs> See, I'm there for I that. Like that. I yeah. for that. Turns that out there's, was a, funny. there's a big line between those. I, I, <laughs> yeah. So. Also, yeah. I like the scene where um, at the very beginning, where BB-8 keeps essentially sticking his fingers in various yes. things, and yes. he ends up also good. Like 10.
3: I was amused by that. It's, there's there's um, mostly so the BB-8 there's stuff, great stuff.
1: That's the,
6: yeah. Like there's great stuff in there. And the smoldering and sexual chemistry between BB-8 and evil Imperial BB-8. <laughs> So. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Oh, you got to read between the lines. Way between the lines. <laughs> uh. I have a theory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um.
3: But what I've learned over the last few years with these new sort of assortment of Star Wars movies is that... Almost in every case, like uh, I think you lean, we were just saying when you came out of Force Awakens, like giddiness, I think is the and, and it was because it was the end of this long drought and it was so much better than most of us had any reason to believe it would be. And I think, you know, th- for me, all of these recent movies have grown. My appreciation has grown for them in rewatching them in canonizing them like in, in that experience right because you know all of us have seen the original trilogy countless times we know them so much by heart uh that having stuff that's new is hard. It's a hard experience to be like. It's like if somebody came down with like a new book of the Bible. And it was just like, hey, good news. Um, <laughs> uh, they did that which, one already. Like, yeah, you've heard but like that was like two thousand years ago,
2: John. Like, what yeah, spoilers for the New Testament uh, stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're gonna have the so-so news. You've heard the good news. So-so news
3: but yeah it is it is uh, for me the experience of of rewatching these movies um has adds a lot to them and makes me much more comfortable with them and i'm curious to see if that holds up here because i can't shake this feeling that there's something about this that's just a little bit off as much as I love it and I want to love it without any reservations. And yet I still have to struggle with those reservations. So I, I think the biggest thing coming for me is like out of this is like thinking about episode nine and the idea of this you know be forming a complete trilogy as a story and how that's going to play out. Especially now that they have JJ J. Abrams coming back to do that. So you now have these JJ J. Abrams pieces bracketing this Ryan Johnson piece. Uh I think it's just going to be fascinating. And so I really I really liked a lot of this movie, but I'm gonna to have to see it three or four more times before I really feel like I know
6: what, what I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, I
5: agree. Dan,
6: you you still have you have a lot of baggage from the the, the uh, Phantom Menace uh, experience. So I you know, I, you know what, what? Search your feelings, so Dan. What is what is truth? So uh, <laughs> I'm conflicted inside, Tony. I'm torn, yeah. being torn apart.
1: John, when we started this round, um, you you seem to be summing up your feelings. Do you have more?
2: I have so much more. Yes. Does <laughs> um, John I'll, have more? I'll just feelings. Uh, tell you what what I would have said. In in an opening statement, um, which is, as time has passed since the Force Awakens, I've had, I've, I've been dwelling on like what that movie meant to me personally in my personal Star Wars history, and it looms larger and larger as such an important, such an important thing. Like, I think I talked about this in the Force Awakens episodes, but like the the idea that that uh there would be more good star wars movies that it would be that star wars wasn't just going to be this defining thing of your childhood that you look back on that instead it could be an ongoing concern that there would be more of these movies and they would be good because the, the prequels had really shaken my faith that I would ever be the thing and i was afraid to love again basically um and and the force awakens i look back on it and i get like Like tingles and warm, fuzzy feelings, and I'm just—I just want to go find J.J. Abrams and shake his hand and just say thank you. Like, you did it. You made a good Star Wars movie, and every time I think about it and look back on it, it just—it looms so large. Uh, And in thinking about it, leading up to this movie, what I realized is that it—not that I care less about this movie, but that the important milestone was passed. That now I know it's possible and it can be good and it can be good and different and that that it's not like i just like those three movies and i'll never i don't actually like star wars but i just like those three movies this says no you actually do like star wars this is a universe that you're interested in and you can make good movies in it and they will be meaningful to you and then it frees me up with this movie like what i'm coming is my expectations were so much lower i'm like if this movie is not good I'm not gonna. It's not going to be a big deal because I'll always have I'll always have the Force Awakens. The same way that I always say I always have the 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 original trilogy. But I've been saying you'll always have the original trilogy for years, for decades, right? Now I can say you know for this trilogy I'll always have the Force Awakens like that you know or or just just the turning point the turning point of, of of the franchise as far as I'm concerned. Now what I'm this is a sideways way into me saying that. This movie I feel like is much weaker than the force awakens despite having many moments in it that are as good or some sometimes even better than some moments in the force awakens amazing moments but overall I in a one one viewing I think this movie just doesn't quite hold together um but that's okay like I find myself not not as conflicted as Dan of being like oh, I really want to like this movie I don't particularly wanna like love or like this movie I enjoyed it it was fun like i i'm I think the Marvel movies have sort of you know conditioned me to be like okay with you go into one and you kind of know what you're getting with marvel's movies some of them are better than others some of them are great some of them are so-so some of them have weird parts but you're just like but there'll be another marvel movie like (laughs) there'll be another one next year like you don't have to worry you don't have to attach such import to it so I think that This is, is very helpful
3: as therapy, John. Thank yeah. you. Keep going. It's, it's, hel-
2: it's helping me relax of, about these movies because they can, they'll can they never be able to take away The Force Awakens and I think, honestly, I think most of the send-offs that the characters have gotten have been good and we don't know what Leia's send-off is going to be. I don't know how they're going to handle that but Luke's send-off totally worked for me as a capper on that character that I love and even though I have my issues with how that character is in this movie there's obviously a huge time gap that I can fill with whatever headcanon that I want um, and individual moments in this were great but it's boy, it's it's a it's a bit of a shambling mess. And finally, on on the JJ front, um, I think uh, I'm glad JJ is coming back for nine because I think his personal style, his take on Star Wars, is appeals to me a little bit more. Now, some of it might be that just like uh, that, Ryan Johnson was a little bit overmastered by the all the moving parts and the complexities of, of collaboratively making this really important movie with a high budget and yada yada yada. Right? I don't I don't know where things fell down but i know his style i've seen almost all of his other movies and i like his style but i i'm not sure a i'm not sure he got to to express as much of his personal style as he might have wanted to or maybe as i might have wanted him to in this movie and b i'm not sure a medium amount of ryan johnson is a particularly good fit for star wars except for in the moments where he shines by the way except for in, in the ones like i don't know if he's bringing the samurai stuff to the uh to the scenes or if he's just a callback to Ralph McQuarrie uh, sketches and and Lucas ideas of space samurai, you know, there were flashes of brilliance in this movie, which is why I think, you know, overall I still like it, but, uh, but yeah, in the end I'll always have the force awakens and this movie exists too. And for me, um, I've said a lot of this before.
1: I I think this is a very rich movie. It is, there's a lot in it and a lot of it is very good. Um, I agree with everybody else that I don't know if it, you know, holds together as a whole, but I think there's so much richness in it that you can kind of pick your moments. And when you think back and you think, Oh man, that was really great. And that was really great. And that was really great. And it's easier to be like, and there was a slow speed chase of spaceships and it's fine. Whatever. Like, and you can just like, there's so much value in that, in that ticket that I bought and sitting there that I can dismiss some of that stuff. I do wonder about the fate of the star Wars franchise as a whole, because somebody mentioned, I think it was John, um, that this movie felt a little bit like an Avengers movie where they got a lot of characters and they got to pack them in and they, they
2: all get their their time. And, and I said the Avengers did it better. Like some of the Avengers movie did yeah. it better and, than and
1: this th- And that's my feeling about this which is the problem with the way that Star Wars traditionally has been constructed is the story is about a small number of characters going through you know three movies and you tell that story. And what it feels like is this movie is a modern franchise movie um. Not, you know, and it's bulging at the seams. And that would bother me less if last year there was a Poe Dameron movie. Right. And two years yep. ago, there was a Finn and Rose's weird adventure at Canto Bite movie but instead we don't get those movies because this is Star Wars episode 7 then 8 then 9 and i i wonder i mean Ryan Johnson's supposedly working on a trilogy of films that he's going to do but i wonder in the long run if um Star Wars insistence on sort of like trilogies interspersed with anthologies is the right way to do this? Maybe the pendulum will swing back from what the Marvel movies have been doing, especially. But this movie felt very much like it's a modern blockbuster with lots of characters done executed way, like I said, way better than I think we have any right to expect. Which is how I felt about the first Avengers movie. It's the same thing. It's like, how did this work? Because there's no way that a movie this complex with this many characters should work at all. Um, and, and so I applaud that, and I and I and I like the questions that Ryan Johnson has for us about the jedi and about about the entire premise of that religion and that, and luke's questioning his faith here and and ray being put in opposition to uh to uh to ben solo and having it be more complex than perhaps we could uh, have expected from star wars which i think is pretty great but it it is trying this feels like a different movie than the force awakens because the force awakens i think had the scope of the original trilogy. And it was sturdy. The Force Awakens is yeah. yeah. sturdy. And this has the yeah. scope yeah. of a of an Avengers movie, except it doesn't have any of the other bits individual th- that movies. lead up to it. And then you get the big moment where everybody comes together. Here all we have is the big moment when people come together. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, and that's that's I, I want to watch it a few more times. I think there's a lot of richness here that that is to be appreciated, but it is a weird mixture of a modern Marvel style blockbuster with a Star Wars story. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know what their long term plan is for Star Wars. And if this is suggesting they're going in the direction of Marvel stuff and they want to lean into that, or if this is sort of too far in that direction.
6: I don't know. The long-term plan is a Star Wars movie every year until John Syracuse dies, so... And, see,
2: and, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, because with, with each subsequent movie, like, this should help me and Dan... The like, pressure's the, off, right? The, 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 uh, the pressure it should be yeah. lessened for each movie, because you get this long tail, and just, like, you get it... Like, even the Marvel movies, everyone has the ones they think, meh, like, some people like meh Ant-Man, some people man Thor, some people love Ant-Man, some people, you know, don't like the Captain America but like, but there's so many of them, it's like, yeah, exactly. It's, there'll it's, be one or two that you like, tougher, so it's fine. It's fun. tougher just here wait. when it
3: when it feels like this is a load-bearing movie like because it's the middle part of a trilogy that's what yeah. that's i think what's harder for me is like yeah you're totally right that the more that you get the less pressure there is because you can sort of diffuse that but like the pivot point of a trilogy uh, especially assuming that, in fact this trilogy comes to an end with episode nine we have no official way of knowing that
2: yeah because the the, the principal actors are, are are not that old like you can put daisy ridley in three more movies after this. i wouldn't be surprised if episode nine starts five or ten years after this movie though yeah
3: i i I I kind of expect some sort of time jump because we didn't get one between episode seven and eight. Right uh but yeah I, I i i think that's what makes it harder for me and what makes me struggle more is the idea that this is part of the quote-unquote like the main sequence right? right like if an anthology movie goes off the rails it's like eh, whatever yeah like, but that's what i'm saying you gotta
2: give up on the, the whole main sequence thing like I, you know it really just wants... not ready john <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right all right all right well well here's the thing in 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 the next movie you you're probably going to see luke still so like even though this was luke's farewell you know he'll be back as a ghost or he could yeah. be back as a ghost he's, if he wanted he's, to he's gonna be back as uh, a ghost. totally yeah you're, mm-hmm. you're you're not gonna see leia and you're not gonna see han he, he's so gonna be sitting really on a log just have-
3: and yoda's gonna be next to him you know mm-hmm. when yoda popped up i gotta say i half expected
2: you and mcgregor to show i wondered up. if <laughs> that was gonna happen
3: i thought they were gonna pull uh, that yoda, I, yoda gonna- for all, I
2: didn't even mention that in that one of the million things that we talked about but like I like Yoda I love Yoda I'm, I'm a, a big Yoda fan I don't think he needed to be in this movie I know everyone loved him and he was there and he's cool and he's doing his thing but like of the million things you could cut from this movie I would cut him too
1: definitely not
6: yeah don't agree with that one I
2: know everybody loves him like everyone wants to pick Like I don't think his scenes were bad I'm the just guy like, who suggests
6: you... cutting Yoda gets fired
3: like... <laughs> <laughs> Yoda just looks at him and draws one claw across his throat too, like... too <laughs> important yeah. to the themes of the movie to,
1: to cut yeah. Yoda out you gotta have him in there yeah. he's not in there that much trust me there's way more more gambling on
2: space Monte Carlo than yeah, there is. You wouldn't say you wouldn't save that much time. I'm just saying I feel like it's, it's it's a it's a complication. Like or or put way more Yoda because with all the other stuff you cut, you got more time in the island and training, and Yoda can be scolding Luke about how he's a crap teacher. Yoda's drinking blue milk. Yoda's <laughs> drinking pancakes. <laughs> yeah. Yoda, Yoda and the Porks are frolicking.
6: Is it is it, is <laughs> yeah.
2: Porg the name of a character or is that the name of the kind of animal? The kind oh, of the animal. species, yeah. This is the kind of animal.
4: Yeah. 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 Like Ewok.
2: Yeah. All right. And the it. Porks. All right, Mm -hmm. well, there is going to be much, much
1: more about about this movie about the last jedi on the incomparable um other panels are forming john if you have more to say just uh, hop on another panel and talk for another two hours about it i'm sure they would welcome you
2: uh, i've got i've got other podcasts where i'll talk really? about. there's
1: probably one right after this so
2: jedi or not
1: jedi or not No, oh, no that's not one of
2: them yeah feel free to bring up uh, uh star wars topics on robot or not although the shows i can't promise will be two minutes long Porgs. yeah uh
1: yeah anyway i would like to thank my guests for being here and talking about this movie uh in this first panel of of many about the last jedi uh
2: well how can we say goodbye to the jedi if they won't go away john Syracuse, thank you very much i'm gonna try to quote a line from the movie that i just saw but i only saw it once so forgive me if i get it wrong catch you later kid all right all right that that is a good one kelly gamont thank you
4: thanks so much for having me on jason may the force be with you mm.
1: tony Sindelar, thank you may the porks be with you no <laughs> They may. They may. They get everywhere. Aline Sims, thank you.
5: Thanks for having me.
3: Dan Morin, put on a shirt. (laughs) Or a cowl or something. I was going to try to bullet John and say... Everything you just said is wrong. <laughs> but I can't remember if that's <laughs> the exact line or not. So, oh, well. <laughs> Every part of what you just said is wrong. Every part of what? Is exactly. that what yeah, I don't I think wrong. that was it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'll know see the give me, movie a, give me a year,
1: I'll have it down. <laughs> uh, and again, final footnote we've only seen the movie one time. I don't know. Maybe we missed the most important part of all, but that's what rewatches are for. Anyway, thanks to everybody out there for listening to The Incomparable. We will see you sooner than next week with more about The Last Jedi.
3: There was a brief moment where I worried that like what if I'm just seeing the wrong cut of this movie? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> everybody was like so effusive. I was like is, is it possible that
2: mine was broken? <laughs> Dan, it's always you. It's not reality. <laughs> so did did I get the, I was trying to quote Luke when he when he says goodbye when he says goodbye to to Kylo Ren where he's like hey um, is I think it's see, I, think that's I thought it. it was see you. I thought it was see, see you, you later, later kid. It, it, whatever yeah, it was it was pretty flippant. to pretty yeah, sick burn. Yeah. Yes, yeah.
3: <laughs> I do love that showdown at the end. It's pretty
2: great. Yeah, I, and I'm I, maybe I'm a dummy, but I was fooled 100% right up until the point where I'm levitating over the thing and I internally squeed. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did too. I thought maybe he was just a hologram for a minute and it was like,
3: that's weird. He's levitating
2: okay. over the rock. Yeah, no, I, I got you. The, with the two sons.
6: I'm such a sucker.
5: Well, they set it up for, you know, they showed the submerged X-Wing and it was like, oh, well, he could have flown yeah, there. Yeah, he
6: flew over there. Yeah, I, I don't he's think he's great at pulling X-Wings out of water. He, that's yeah, part of one of his practice. core competencies.
2: They got me. That's what I'm saying. The Yodo should have had him do it like push-ups. Down and give me 20. Put that X-Wing up, X-Wing down. I don't think <laughs> X-Wings work well
3: after submerged for like 20 years they're fine. Like that's, that's they're just It's a spaceship
6: Dan Space is basically water it avoids your
2: <laughs> It's
6: basically water But also basically air
2: <laughs> it's, it's actually neither of those both wrong. According to how these ships
6: fly It seems a lot air, mm. very air-like
4: Lots of That's atmosphere That's not how the space
6: works yeah, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm really, yeah I, I'm not sure how anyone could be more wrong Than both of what we just said so, Every yeah. part
2: of what you just said was wrong well, Space is, space apparently The space that the TIE fighters fly through Is filled with this
0: <laughs>
3: That's just that it's an internal soundtrack that plays in the cockpits for all the time. <laughs>
2: it's just, it's just
6: like constant droning Tie Fighter noise. Yes. Like, man, I wish they would turn that off. You know, tec- techno techno was different in that era. There um, would be so. a great
3: episode if in episode nine at some point, like, just one guy reaches over and like clicks it off, Te- turns it like, off. Like, oh, yeah. thank God! Oh, yeah.
6: <laughs> well, isn't there no air inside
2: the Tie Fighters anyway? So they wouldn't hear it unless it was in their helmet. Oh. Kylo Ren's does because he didn't have to wear a hat inside it's his. The, his yeah. ship was awesome. Kylo Ren's got some was, ni- that. But his tie fighter ship. is cool i want that in lego a, it is a cool tie fighter i think it's, it's i'm there. sure that once it's called yeah. the tie silencer or oh, something. although it, it, now i'm going to ruin that uh, part of the movie for everyone who goes uh back through it but here you go i'm sorry to do this to you all uh, sp- uh i can't even get the line right because i blocked it out of my mind spinning is a good trick when he's uh. spinning and firing <laughs> at the ship <laughs> i did think about that like, I thought father, like, oh, I like grandson. grandfather grandfather yep. like <laughs> yeah. grandfather like grandson. <laughs> Try spinning, that's a good I trick. I had
5: a moment where I thought one of the kids was going to yippee, and I was like, no, no, don't do <laughs> they that. They should let him get
3: <laughs> half a yippee out and then blow up. <laughs> you got to be really, really careful with your deployment of small children you do. in Star Wars movies. I feel like it's, that yeah, is a... I, I think Broom Kid was borderline. Yeah, I agree. I felt like it was right on the edge there. Well, I liked it, but...
2: I love, my favorite part of that, the, the casino segment, and the only reason that I, like, would have any attachment to keeping it in is the awesome little ring that shows the symbol where Rose gets to say, guess what? I got
3: an yes.
4: awesome
2: ring little no, 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 it's That's
4: cool. cool. I, it's cool. I'm with the band. Like,
5: that was awesome. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. And then the kid gets to keep it. If somebody know. at Etsy doesn't have one of those
2: for sale, oh, I mean, like that's. It's, I thought of that immediately. Like, how hard is it going to be yeah, to make D- the D- knockoff? Etsy of has problem? failed
6: us if that is not available for <laughs> you know mm-hmm. ni- oh, 1985. Sure. And, and, and it should look like a
2: regular ring until yeah. you see someone you really right. you trust. You get in the it. wink and you go, yeah. "Oh man, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah." Now I want that so badly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Movies have worked, <laughs> so
2: yep. It should be an Apple Watch face. You turn the the crown and it goes. And there's the oh stop. Stop Third party noise. watch watch faces Apple, get on it.